Stonks. Hey, hey everyone, welcome back to Dialogue Choices. We're not talking about stonks. <laughs> can't the bird's know, not here because he has like a brain infection and he's gonna die in seven days. But he's gonna be all right. But yeah, only if he better. talks about stonks. <laughs> but days. only if he talks <laughs> about stonks. Uh, the curse of the GME. We did, we discussed we were we were potentially going to talk about the situation with uh with GameStop, but because uh, Bird was incensed about it, and I'm like, you should we should, well, I probably need Bird to talk about this because I don't mm -hmm. really fucking know what's going on that much. I don't understand stocks that much to begin with, but uh, he's not doing so great because I think he has a sinus infection that spread to his teeth, so now he needs a root canal. I'm like, oh, yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought my week was going bad because my week is going bad. Uh, not for any like panel related reasons, but uh, I've been I've uh, one is there's an we have an ant outbreak just throughout the house. Like just they're coming, it. they're coming out of the walls. <laughs> and it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why? We're like, they're clearly like they must be living in our supports or some shit. I hate it. Uh, wow. We're trying to use those little traps that you're, they're supposed to like take the poison. And be like, oh look, oh this tastes good, and they'll take it back to their nest and then poison their entire home, uh, which is a thing you apparently murder. that people have. I don't, I'm not, I don't really care. They're ants. I'm just There's kidding. <laughs> so fucking many of them. I, I assume they just, just blanket the entire surface of the state. And so do they just, have wings? Uh no. They're just little tiny black ants. They're completely harmless. Okay. And you just every now and then have this irritate this weird creepy feeling that something's on you and you're like, eh, go away. Just another yep. rant. It's cause you'll cause they you'll have like the, the lines and that's where that are like going to certain spots and trying to get food. And those are where we put the uh, the traps. But you also just have like a thin dispersion of rando ants across the entire surface <laughs> of the house, just exploring, the trash trying to mobs. find. They're just trying to find new paths that they want to focus on and stuff like that. They're the trash mobs of Keith's house. Just I I, I hate it. Around. Yeah, I have random and <laughs> I have random fucking MMO random encounters all over my house. It's the, it's the worst. But that's the less bad thing that's happening. Oh no! The much worse thing happening right now is that uh, our boiler went out, and so we just oh, don't have any hot water in the house. And so I've I've been dealing with just sh miserable showers where it's just like I I can't <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, I have to be careful because yeah. I've 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 made I've had the mistake of taking like really cold showers in the past and like my body will like kind of like the muscles will like freak out and seize up in response to like how cold it is and uh like I, i'll hurt myself <laughs> like my muscles will like oh you'll get like cramps it'll be it'll be like when you sleep it like almost like when you sleep wrong and then you're fucking that oh. that muscle like in your neck or whatever is just ruined for the entire day and it, it'll only seemingly recover it when you sleep again tonight or whatever like mm -hmm. uh, like the, i'll i'll if, if the if the water's like ice cold because it is winter uh that that fucking ice water shower will have a similar effect where it can it can just like make something like get pulled or whatever the fuck in the wrong way where i'm just like i just hurt for the rest of the day i'm like cool get to deal with that mm -hmm. so that you see that's when where tubs come in handy 
Yeah. You don't do you have do you have a tub or is it just a shower base? Um I think I'd want to wash the tub more before I did that. Oh. Nobody ever takes here baths in, here. here. Yeah, I, I don't take baths either. But the, like here in Europe is very common for basically you don't really have. Well, you can have a shower base, but it's it's also very common for people just to have the shower in the tub. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. tub showers. I, oh, OK. But, so I, it's but, I, but I wouldn't want to just <clears throat> go for it. I'd wa I would definitely want to like scr like clean the entire tub. And that takes a while. Because yeah. it hasn't really been used for that purpose. Uh, wait, so no, instead, inst are you inside the t the tub when you take the shower? Yeah, or is is it a separate? But I'm just like standing it, and I'm not like filling with water oh, and different... being like see, I'm I just see, gonna lay in this because you'll stand mm -hmm. in the tub to take a shower. Uh, yeah, the, I I always thought that the bath, like even if the tub is like pristine, it's always un less clean, right? If you want to really scrub yourself, like you need a shower, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in general, a tub just yeah, it feels like it'd be unclean i don't love the idea i haven't for, taken a, i haven't relaxing. taken a bath since i was like <clears throat> being bathed by other people as a child <laughs> like I, I don't, really yeah yeah i don't think i've been in a bath i've been in a hot tub but i've never like been in oh, a I bath a like hot a hot tub is a less clean bath well so. yeah but I, you know, I don't go in a hot tub for the purposes of getting clean <laughs> true i don't i'm not like uh, this is what makes me feel clean today a bath <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I've been doing something lately though that makes me feel much less clean, which is that I am like, I'm just using a washcloth to give myself what it, I assume is essentially like an old person like sponge bath. Yeah. Like I'm, and mm -hmm. it's like I'll uh I'll just be standing in the sink. Uh, it's not, I'll be standing in the in the shower, <laughs> and the I'll have the head pointed like kind of at the wall, so it's not just spraying me. And then I'm just fucking like using this washcloth and getting it wet and then using that to bathe and just getting it wet over and over again and refreshing it essentially to minimize the the how cold yeah because it it's yeah. it's it's incredibly less cold than standing in the stream of water it's yeah. just it's actual pain <laughs> like it's a horrible experience yes. going into the cold shower i don't know who the fuck thinks they're refreshing they must have a different <laughs> level of coldness they're dealing with or they must it's, be talking uh, about they have a boiler and it still technically is hot water but less hot water that's what they call a cold shower but like the boiler <laughs> well, being can, out cold shower is like an ice bath i can um I, I i went with cold showers exclusively cold showers for two years through my 20s and uh my my logic and my my, my strategy was exclusively about screaming and just like just sort of like while I was underneath the, the you shower. would scream through the shower. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, because it's so cold. Like, I mean, why? Why? <laughs> why are you doing it? What I noticed is that my I, breathing freaks out. Like, oh yeah, I start just, like it's, gasping it's, for it's, air continuously, which I can mm -hmm. only assume is like my helps. body trying to regulate its temperature like a dog. <laughs> yeah. That's why the screaming helps, because you force your lungs to do what you want them to do, and you also are more conscious about where the air is. So, it, it, well, I, I have felt, several I housemates with different sleeping schedules, so I can't scream my showers. Yeah. yeah, you just need to be. Not that I really want to live that work. life to begin with. I'm imagining well, like medieval times, people would just scream all the time. Like, what? No, they, did, they didn't take baths in medieval times. They didn't take baths. But That's when they why... did, so there was like a bath day, and you knew someone was taking a bath because they're just screaming. You're like, well, there's, no, there's it Jimmy's was, taking his monthly bath. Was... 
I think a public no, bath, no, for monthly. example, that water like sits around a lot longer. It's not nearly not as cold monthly. as like, plumbed water. It is well known that people in medieval times only had a bath once a year or maybe once a life. Once it, a life? The, How long is it? Like, Ten years? The I mean, what the fuck? To be fair, the level rain of, happens of more often than that. You can't like... Yeah, but that doesn't count. That, it, that it, can't it, be it, accurate. It's, it's something at that point. It's something. <laughs> Your body no. can't handle that. Like oh, you it need can. to bathe. No, it can't. It, We've seen the, it. Like bodies need to be washed. If you don't do well, that, yeah, like I mean, your hair they, gets bad, your skin gets bad. Like yes, they. I mean, they, they were, they were peasants great in medieval times. Then. Yes, then they had like. All You're the telling me they they diseases. couldn't go to a nearby water source and just sit in it. Like that's that's a bath. <laughs> well, yes, maybe people who live next to water sources would, would, would do that. But every that's village not, was next to a water source. You had to be. There was. What are you mm -hmm. gonna do? Hike with your fucking gallon of water so you could not die that day? No, you have springs. The level of the number of springs that we have these days is way less than what you used to have back then. And like wells, you'd have springs and wells and and like noras and all the all the different engines that to bring water out of the ground like it was very common for people to have drinking water but not running water even running water a lot of it a lot of it is like small rivers that wouldn't really let you bathe and besides it was cold wouldn't want to do that i'm just gonna say cozy <laughs> and dirty it's just miserable <laughs> for a long time yeah it was like that like that's even that's even like the stereotype of the medieval times everybody was dirty because well they weren't outwardly dirty a lot of the time but yeah they were dirty how are they not outwardly dirty if they hadn't bathed in a fu if you don't bathe in a week you're literally outwardly dirty like there's no <laughs> there's no way around that like that's I'm not gonna I'm, if if you go to medieval times someone's like I haven't had a bath in two weeks I'm quite clean I'd be like no you're a fucking filthy piece of shit get away from me What's wrong with you <laughs> no Jesus you'd, you'd be, you would say I have had a bath this month I'm I would very probably clean. take a I'd probably take a bucket and throw it on him like get the hell out of here what are you no wrong the water with you? makes it bath. worse. It's like the dogs. If dogs get dirty, they smell. Well, not dirty. Sorry, that got that very wet. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't stand in the rain. It's just gonna make you dirtier. Because he's gonna smell after that. Stand in the rain, like throw some water on a person, rub soap on their face. Done. All right. Soap. Rub That's soap rich on people their face. stuff. You would soap use. Isn't you rich would use cinder. Stuff. Soap yeah, is like the use... most generic shit. <laughs> not in medieval times. You would use cinder to wash yourself. <laughs> too stupid to know what soap was that's like. fair that's a fair point but <laughs> the, they would they will literally wash with cinder at least you're here in europe anyway that's that's an unfortunate cinder so you mean like yeah you mean like ashes and stuff right like like ashes like and burned, stuff yeah yeah yeah. It's like, yeah but not like carbon just the the you know the other one it's like a medieval yeah it's like a it's like a dirt bath yeah like a and, and uh, like a chinchilla <clears throat> <laughs> the, yeah cats and dogs do that a lot as well but the 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 hygiene traditions of europe was were very very like, bad at the same time northern africa people were relatively cleaner because they had uh, not only did they use running water a lot more in terms of washing their hands specifically uh, which was not as common for christians in europe but in the desert they would um use the sand well, the rough sand of the desert to wash off grime and stuff which european people didn't have as much there was no not much sand back in medieval europe so they they couldn't take sand baths which is literally what happens in north africa still to this day with nomadic some some nomadic people sometimes you just don't got water apparently you just, you gotta just use need, that scent you can you can easily make soap 
from oh. potassium carbonate or like ash. Yeah, and that's why oil. that's why ash works like that. Like, but potassium hasn't been wasn't introduced in Europe until the contemporary. Age. No, sorry, it's I think it's the 1600s. burnt wood ashes. What the fuck? They didn't have wood. How, I'm what pretty is sure the they didn't have potash. Potash comes from America, I think. No, wood ash is just it's just. It's it's just potassium carbonate made from burning burning wood. I know, I know, I know, like, but like the the invention of it, I don't think it's common. I don't think it's medieval in Europe. Invention? It's just it's just <laughs> burnt wood. It. Like like that's Earth invented it invention. hundreds of millions of years ago. Like dinosaurs had potassium carbonate. potassium. I think you need to make it. Had, uh, it's just like any time a forest fire happens, you got a half the fucking material to make soap right yeah, there yeah. on the ground. Go pick it oh, up. Oh, there it is. <laughs> the, like, uh, so the word comes from 1477. So that that should give you a at least a, a, the word. It's, it could exist before, but I I am almost certain not in medieval times. The way they they uh, fertilized I mean, the land was seashells. With... If you're by the ocean, just go grab some seashells. You can make seashells, potassium yes. carbonate out of that. You can get uh, seaweed is a good choice um, mm -hmm. for oil. You can do like, come on, man. I think it, I think it might be less that candles are hard to. I mean, candles, candles, soap, soap is hard to make, <laughs> and more that the uh, you just had to have the concept for it in the first place. That's what I mean. It's like they're too stupid to know that there's like this perfectly century. good thing sitting. Yeah, here 14th century is when. Uh, it started. So I stand corrected. It actually existed in the medieval times, but just very late. Very late. What a sad yeah, time. Can you imagine someone like showed up and was like, oh man, there's just soap everywhere. We could have been bathing for months. And it's like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. What the hell? So yep. what is what is bathing? No, I've been I've, so I've been yeah. medievaling it up a bit. It's not it's not a great time. <laughs> Today, uh... I look forward to when our water heater is fixed. I look, I did it on purpose like, and I agree with you. Like you've, you've you've confirmed that it is your hot water heater's like dead. <clears throat> I think so. Okay. Well, I get someone out there to replace it. Well, the yeah the uh, the earliest they can be here is like Monday or something. Just living this life for now. It's tomorrow then. Yeah. You could do uh, a. <laughs> you wanted to go really hard hardcore with it. You could. Uh, a water get a heater. No, no. With uh, with bathing, you can, <laughs> you can, you can get a spray bottle. Hardcore bathing. Like Hardcore go on Amazon. Bathing. Uh, you could get uh, you could get a pretty good size spray bottle. Go boil some water, pour in the spray <laughs> bottle, and then spray it on yourself. Just missed myself um, with like one of those like yeah, things seriously. they used to like spread pesticides slash water plants. <laughs> you could yeah, you could actually get one of those too because they come clean. You can get them and you just pump it up and then you pull the thing and it sprays you. Yeah. Uh, you could do that, and like, yeah, that would work. Uh, that would be a warm shower. They they basically. sell shower in a can though. Is that is that a that's shower a, in a can? That's a thing. I think what I don't remember fuck? where I saw it first. I, I'm, I'm looking. That? I'm looking it up. Shower. What is anything? Is that a SpongeBob I'm... meme? Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. You can you can buy it. It might be from SpongeBob though. Uh, the first image shows up. <laughs> no, no, no. But shower in a can is apparently a thing. How do I use shower in a can? There, there's pages. Is this just a bag of sand and? 
when I'm looking online, it's like you just it, scrub the sand into your skin. It's basically like body wipes. Like, hey, here's a body uh, wipe. Like, that's not a shower in a can. That's a. <laughs> what did you expect? Don't flush like, them, or you'll make fat bergs. Yeah, that's like what a horrifying concept. I've recent, can you believe that? I live in medieval times for sure. I for the. Do you know how people are not supposed to to flush their toilet paper? Yeah. I've always flushed my toilet paper. Never had any problems. Yeah, most people do. Yeah. It's a yeah. Problem. Everyone flushes like, the toilet paper. It. Yeah. It, However, it would be great if uh, it'd be great if we wouldn't do that. For the first time in my nobody 30... wants to just have like paper covered in shit like just in their yeah. house. But for the first time in my thirty-three years of age <laughs> of, of life, I have used toilet paper that isn't the cheapest one that I can get. And that thing nearly killed my entire life because that I saw the water rise like, oh no, that thing is like really <laughs> thick. Yeah. And when I opened the, the thing, the whatever the tank is called, that did not it go down so, as yeah. fast as you should have. And I was yeah, really, no, the, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you have the, yourself the, a little a little poop panic? So, so no, I had taken care of that already. There's a there's no. a really bad misconception, at least in the United States, is that uh the the better quality your toilet paper the less of it you're supposed to use yes um so I, like yeah. the the nicer <laughs> well, that, so that is the lower that is the advertised feature but the problem is people don't do that like literally when i say less is more i mean like it's not just you don't you're not supposed to use higher quality toilet paper alone you need to wet it and wipe your ass with it because you're only supposed to use one to two sheets at max, and that's it. Yeah, that's what I found you, as well. You wipe, your, you wipe your ass with a wet piece for once, and then you wipe it dry with another, and that's this it. This is you're not done. the topic My I was God. expecting today to have. And, but but, but, but like Americans, Americans have the weirdest fucking thing about wet asses. We just don't <laughs> allow it in our nation. We just will not tolerate a wet ass. And so, like, if you try to sell bidets, you try to sell, like, wipes or anything for that, it's like, no, that's gross. I don't want my ass wet. It's like, you literally it, you literally get your ass wet with poop water. Come the fuck on. Like, don't give me this shit. It's inferior. And you, you travel support, to, like, other countries, and they're like, other countries are like, yeah, this is a normal thing. What's wrong with you? I support like, Japan, the fight for a wet ass. Yes. Japan has no issue with this. Every the toilet just has a fucking a bidet. Wet ass. It's It's... Your, Japan is will just you'll be pooping and your your ass will be, be getting wet I, immediately. I have never I've never had a nicer time going. You to just the bathroom get a, a wet ass jump scare. It's <laughs> it is so nice to to use a bidet. It is the nicest thing imaginable because you go like oh, I'm just done in like thirty seconds. You just press a button, wipe once, you're done. You move on with your life. You just like you don't even sometimes you don't even have to wipe. Like just sprays it all away, and you're like, "That's it, great, fantastic!" Like, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I. <laughs> but uh, the, the point I was trying to make is that so so we have a problem where people buy these really nice toilet paper because they want their ass to feel good, uh, which they don't That's realize. That's not is what feeling... toilet paper is for. No, well, they don't realize that their ass doesn't feel good because they're wiping their fucking ass with paper, dry as shit. Which I don't know if you ever use sandpaper, but like same concept uh yeah and so they true. buy these really nice toilet papers use like six or seven chunks of them to try to get their dumb fat asses wiped and then they throw it down the toilet and they flush They're like oh it's not flushing it's like yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> well not if it's really it's cheap to toilet do. paper 
then no, it's and that's fine. The thing. But if it's really cheap toilet paper, it dissolves in water. Like it will just yeah. break apart in your hands while you're trying to wipe your own ass. And that's beautiful. That's what it's supposed to do. No, it's when not it touches beautiful. Water. Yes, because it's <laughs> not breaking your hands. Because it's that's bad. the point. The point you is that you're not supposed to be. The hands. No, it's it's fine because you should have it's, already sprayed your butt, so there's no poop on there. You're oh, just you drying say, it. Uh, I see what like the that's, process is. That's, that's the fine. thing. <laughs> I see. It dissolves in your I'm hand, not, and it's beautiful. It's it's dumb. <laughs> it's I I hate toilet paper in this in this stupid country. It's stupid. Dumb. So now that we've had this very educational people also don't know where it's made either, which is like why every time there's a anything going on, people buy millions of it. So like I'm not gonna get any more. It's like. <laughs> Where, the Where do you think toilet paper comes from? The sky? It's not, it doesn't rain toilet paper. We make it here, like in hundreds and thousands of gallons of toilet paper. The sky. Like, well, like people forgotten. act like, oh, you're like, like the beginning of the pandemic. It's like, we got to buy all the toilet papers. Like, why? We're, I had forgotten about did that. Some, did something happen? Did we like, did every single toilet paper factory in the United States blow up in one single time? Because I'm pretty sure we just, we make like all of it here. It's like, well, not, it's coming from China. No, it's not. What, you, mm -hmm. you think we just put toilet paper on a boat surrounded by water to bring oh, it wait, here? Is the that fuck? the reason? Is that the, the reason people, that they bought all yeah, the toilet people, paper? People keep thinking that toilet paper comes from China. That's incredible. Who I thinks mean, that? I mean, most at this point, it's safe to assume everything comes from China. It well, but it's, a, it's, it's a so pretty, expensive. It's a toilet pretty paper. safe bet, usually. No, toilet paper is too expensive it to ship yeah. overseas. Yeah, because it it's is really not bulky. worth the effort. Yeah, and, cheap. and so like, yeah, it's deadly cheap. It's like a ball, like apparently cheap. By if you yeah. touch toilet paper once, you'll notice how it's not given any preferential treatment in its design. It is nothing but shit turned into square paper. And but like, they put there's a pretty no little way. quilt pattern on it. <laughs> there is, yeah, yeah. You just pull a fucking <laughs> lever and it presses it in there. There's no like, so the idea of like, oh, toilet paper is going to go out. It's like, no, how, when? It's like, I think at this point, I don't even, I can't even confirm if there's people in toilet paper factories. I think it's mostly automated. That's a good point, actually. It's similar to the to ta carpet making and stuff, in, just in the, how it looks, but also in terms of maintenance, it's just, you know, easy. All you need to do is the water treatment, or not water yeah, treatment, rather, I, the water disposal. I'm at the point where I, I'm under the assumption that when humans die off, there'll be like a bunch of toilet paper still toilet being paper. made for like a couple hundred years. <laughs> and then we'll just like, we'll look like idiots, you know? Wally know, all of a sudden, instead of being going around with all the garbage, it's just going to be toilet paper. Wally going so, around. Uh, so a good segue from talking about toilet paper and wiping your <laughs> shitty ass is to talking about shitty opinions on things. Hey, uh, we're saying my opinion is shitty. What is this already? Well, we haven't heard it yet, but let's go. <laughs> You're just jumping to conclusions. I was not expecting the strong opinions about toilet paper podcast to happen, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so Keith, Keith has fighting words for me. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really have strong. Well, no, Andrew also has fighting words. I don't have so super like... strong opinions, but there's two things that the audience pushes back on. That you voice as opinions, and I find it curious. One is that you talk mad shit about uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker, a game I do not have strong opinions on because all I did was play the prologue intro thing for Let's Try Once, and I mostly don't remember that, so it's not really important to me. But uh, I think you mentioned it during a podcast or something at some point, like as an offhand comment, mm -hmm. and uh, so people yeah. were, were curious what the fuck. 
The other one is just that you, uh, I think you rank uh, Outer Worlds as one of the best games of all time? Or one of your mm -hmm. favorite games ever or something? And that's like an element yeah. of like, what? The disappointing New Vegas thing that was really forgettable? What's up with that? <laughs> so, well, I'll start with Pathfinder Kingmaker then. Um, so you, you were saying before that you played the first two hours of it. Was yeah. it two hours that you played? I think it was. A, yeah. It might so, have been a two-hour. Let's try. It's the, like the thing with that game is that it, it it takes a little while for it to fully blossom. It's an interesting game because it's got so many things going for it, but at the same time, it's just executed in such a. I don't know. It's 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 not like it's like they didn't fully think through all the decisions that they made, and it it, it was like. Obvious early on, people were saying that the game was too difficult very early on, and they patched it into different, uh, into more, uh, to have easier enemies and all that sort of stuff. But people were still complaining that they were basically getting their entire team wiped out by a, go a cobalt or something like that. Um, and obviously, like, if you, if you have a, a team that isn't very good, you're going to, it's a difficult game. I, th I, I Like, I admit that right from the beginning. It's a difficult game in terms of, like, because it's a party-based, top-down, real-time with pause kind of Dungeons & Dragons Z style game, like Baldur's Gate or something like that. It's very much inspired in that. But the problem for me with, with Pathfinder Kingmaker is the writing. So the thing with the beginning, though, is that you start the game and the game is telling you, oh, there's this, there's these lands that are very bad and th there's a lot of criminals in there and, oh, you're going to kill the criminals and all that. And, uh, and then you have political ally allies and all that, and you just, oh, there we got our quest over here. And you go into the, the land and you kill the criminal, and doing that alone takes like seven hours, and it's like this big quest, right? But then the game keeps going. There's another big quest after that. And it's it's not, you know, n not as well presented as that one is, as the beginning one is, because it doesn't have the same pump. It doesn't have the same so, so sort of- It feels like a, a show that was renewed for a second season. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think about putting it like that, but I think that's a good a good way to put it. It's like yeah. here's the plot like, we had. We ran out of that. Oh fuck! We're, we've been contracted to make more story. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, sequels. Yeah, it's very much like that. I think yeah, it's like it's like they they wanted to make all these games. They could have made Pathfinder one, two, and three, and just decided you're gonna make it all in one game, and none of them is gonna be amazing because the story doesn't end. The game always have the has the pretense. Of wanting to go forward and not just because it does go forward but rather like it, the the you can imagine it like you kill the first the first uh, boss and then you get captured into a dream and there's this voice that says oh great things await you and then you wake up and then uh, and and like there, there's this new friend that you have or something um, and then the friend betrays you, and then there's somebody, there's a shadowy person behind that person, and then that person, you kill them, and oh, there's another shadowy person, and then there's this fool <laughs> that comes back from the dead. You literally My machinations. <laughs> Seriously, it's so convoluted that it takes so long. It's such a long game as well, like easily 150 hours. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> if you play this game normally, without cheating, because I had to cheat, I'll get to that in a little bit. Oh yeah, but it if sounds like the game it's staggeringly long, like even longer than it is, Pillars of Eternity 2. Ooh, so much longer than Pal the, ooh, so much longer seriously because the thing is uh, is Andrew coming under fire apparently yeah he is <laughs> the thing is I I play like it took me how many episodes did it take me to finish Pillars of Eternity 2 maybe 120 hours with all the expansions let's put it more or less like oh my that. god that's a lot 
Yeah, I played there's the a reason why I'm putting King. it off. I played the base Pathfinder Kingmaker game without the expansion, and it took me, uh, I think it was it was 140 or something, 160, and I cheated the last few hours because the last few hours are so difficult. The game gets so impossibly difficult at the end because, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but the thing is, because it's such a long game, the story doesn't hold you, it doesn't grab you because if, you know, you're playing for a few hours in a dungeon that takes forever, and then by the time you reach the end, you, you've forgotten, like, so much because you have to dealt, deal with so many enemies like it's so such a long drawn out game and it has a story written as if it were like a short game of 20 or 30 hours but so it's just like stretched. Also convoluted. it's so stretched so stretched it feels like i i said it as i was playing it i said it that uh, i said that the the main villain which ends up not being the main the main villain but no there's no need to spoil too much but the main villain doesn't feel like a main villain. It's like a side quest. It's like, oh, let's take with care of this villain. And because the game doesn't, you know, doesn't have a, a, a quest designation for this is the main quest or this is the side quest or task. It's just quests that you do. Uh, and so you are you're left as a player to decide what is the main quest and what isn't. But that one villain that keeps showing up, then at one time isn't a villain and then is a villain again. And there's like a on and on back, uh, on and off sort of relationship. Um, it just feels like a side quest. And then the game just, when you go for the last hurrah, the game goes to end and you're like, oh, is this the end? No, the game has a, another villain at the end that you haven't heard of, of at all. It's the first time you hear of this person Ooh. and it has the super pompous ending about, oh, we're not so different, you and I. Um, I swear it has that. I swear it has that. <laughs> and it's, it's like... One of my least favorite it, things in a story is when you introduce a new villain at like the last second. It's like absolutely after the Final the Fantasy impossible... Type Zero sort of way. <laughs> after the impossible last boss fight that is absolutely impossible, I I definitely could not beat any of that. I like the last, probably, I don't know. It was, there, there were a lot of boss fights at the end, but I I would say at least ten of them, uh, it's, I couldn't beat it, beat them. I if, to finish the let's play, I had to turn on God mode. And even that was difficult, because <laughs> like just because you can't die doesn't mean you can damage the enemy, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. So even then, I had to like, oh my god, it's such an impossible game. But the, the, for me, the the problem, the biggest problem is the writing. It just feels drawn out and up its own butt. But it only shows at the end after you get past the beginning. So like I can understand that people like it, but I just I don't know. I feel like if you're going to have a writing that long, that drawn out, because then it's like also big dialogues because the game goes on and on. The, the the dialogues, they last for a while and they're, they're, they're so entranced in their own characters. And it's, oh, this, it's, it's not, it's, it's not even exposition. It's just them being there themselves for a while. And you, you're stood there listening or reading it out loud. And they just, it just, it doesn't say anything. It's just completely forgettable characters. Almost all of them. Hmm. <laughs> so I went on a rumble. <laughs> Sounds very sad, and I would not touch this ever. Well, it is every I, yeah, it's everything you hate about video games. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, it's not unredeeming. I think there are some things good about the game, but they need to trim the game so much because it's so clear that they had so many ideas for all these encounters that are super difficult. They're, it's clearly a game made for people who know the system inside out. 
if you're a new a new player, you're gonna have a hard time. And I'm not a new player, and I couldn't beat the game. Um, but they had all these ideas for all these encounters, and they just it's so much combat. It is unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> so I don't I I don't know. I like I obviously I'm the only one of us three that that play the game. Yeah. But so people. You know, if I I'm okay with when, if I say some if I, I say I don't like, like you better if play say, that game to defeat Colonel's opinions in the art of combat. It's I I don't challenge anybody to that. I'm just saying that like just because I say something is bad or just if I say I don't like something, it doesn't mean that I don't accept other people saying the opposite. Uh, but in this particular case, I have a, a thought out opinion. It it's it's a game that's I finished and I was like oh. That was a journey. Okay, well, that's the end of the Let's Play. But then I, it just stuck in my mind, and I just kept going back to it and thinking of all the things that it didn't do right. Like, the companions don't have story arcs. There's no character evolution for any of the companions. They're just objectives that they have for their quests. You finish their quests, and that's it. They, they're like, okay, thank you. That's, thank you very much. You're very nice. But they, they don't, none of your companions change. Like, they're ever. random quest NPCs that happen to come with you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Then the thing early on in the game, the although that's mostly my fault, but early on in the game, I kept killing. I, I say kept. I think I killed three possible companions because of all the companions that in my this is my perception anyway. Of all the people that you find, some people sometimes will let you or some dialogues rather will let you attack them immediately because they're so bad or because you don't like them or because you want to steal their stuff. Some people happened to ha happen to have that and it happened that two of the companions that i found were really bad because they were just bad people you know there's all sorts of alignments in the companion uh, sort of roster of the game and two of them that were actually ended up i I, sh I shouldn't have killed them but two of them i killed them because they were bad people and the game gave me the option i was like i'm gonna role play attack and then I didn't have a, a, a person to help me with my finances because you'd have you manage a kingdom in that game. So because I killed the only treasurer that was available. <laughs> so the game doesn't hesitate to put you in a position where you're going to lose or you're going to suffer very bad consequences, which I think is fun. But also at the same time, maybe that should happen after you understand the systems of the game, not the very first few companions that you show that show up. Yeah. Yeah, the, um... Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I realize that I'm just rambling about a game you guys haven't played. But uh, anybody, feel free to comment down below, because I will, I will answer, and I'll say things. As for the yeah. Outer Worlds, though, you guys have played it. Yeah, we, yeah. We, both, we have all played Outer Worlds in very different ways. <laughs> and that Andrew was the, <laughs> as previously discussed, was the murder hobo. Because that was the topic of the entire, like, last episode. Was it last, uh, the last one or the previous one? Um, Didn't we talk about... I think about, that, was, no, that no. might have been last week. Because <clears throat> we talked but, about music last time. Yeah, I think that was the same episode. Oh. There's more than one topic per episode. <laughs> yes. Because uh, the, week, the week before that was Andrew's childhood, but there was, like, an hour and a half before we got to that part. It was bait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Partly because I don't put that much thought into the thumbnail and title because I have shit to do. And so I was like, I don't know what I remember yeah. from this. And sometimes I don't remember anything. So I'm like, fuck, let's skip around a little bit in this video until I hear something that I remember. And then I'll be like, the entire title and thumbnail is based on that moment. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's just yeah, it's just dialogue choices, you know. It is hard Sometimes to have a just. It is hard to have like a specific thing that summarizes an entire two and a half hours of random discussions. <laughs> yeah. So why why don't you think that the Outer Worlds is the best game ever made? Um, it was honestly it, was, it just kind of fell flat. Like there was I don't I don't think that the. It, like it wasn't like massively bad, but it was it all felt like low budget and kind of disappointing as like a an attempt to because like clearly an advertised element of its purpose was to kind of be a spiritual successor to New Vegas. It's like the original developers that made New Vegas are going to make another like open world first person shooter dialogue driven like, you know, Fallout ish style game. Like that's like the style that it's done in, even though the setting mm -hmm. and stuff is different. And on that aspect, and and one of the things I need to revisit New Vegas because I need to recalibrate what I think about that game because it's been a decade now. Wow, it, uh, I'm playing it right now, and it I can tell you when you go back to it, I think you're gonna like it. I think on the second playthrough, I'm playing it for the second time, finishing it, and it really holds up. New Vegas is an amazing game, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, by by comparison, <laughs> like Fallout. Uh, Outer Worlds and its frustrating name that is identical almost to a much better <laughs> game that I like a lot. Uh, <laughs> it kind of fell flat. Like a lot of the characters weren't particularly interesting. A lot of, like a uh, man, the companions, there's like like half of them I never even really wanted to talk to again. Uh, <laughs> the storyline is a bunch of completely segmented off different sections. The way that they like try to bring it all together by the end is pretty flat. Like, a bunch of people that I didn't ask all come on a mission to join a fight where they don't actually end up helping me meaningfully. And it's it's weird. Uh, it's fun, It's fun like, having it com its commentary on capitalism and stuff like that. Like, they, like, they, like in particular, uh, Edgewater and just the relentlessness of that location as a... Uh, mm -hmm. for what it's going for is just like, ugh... Like you're just dreading every moment of exploring that place where you're gonna find another atrocity, <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Like that, that stuff's that stuff's neat. But I, I feel like the whole thing just didn't quite come together the way that it should have. And many of the areas individually feel kind of unconcluded and kind of like they're just like a semi-empty template for where there was supposed to be a lot more stuff and where stuff was supposed to go further. I haven't played it super recently, but it definitely wasn't like. I, I don't have. I can't, I can't be a super specific because time has passed a little too much. But there's just a lot of like, this was fine. Was the takeaway? It was very, it was very much not like Disco Elysium, where I had big thoughts about it afterwards and thought it was really a remarkable game that I'd love to revisit in the future, especially if I forget more of it, so I can not be redoing the same exposition so much. Uh, there was relatively little, by comparison, in Outer Worlds that I was, like, like happy I ex experienced and looking forward to experiencing again one day and so on. It was kind of just better than usual for a Western RPG that isn't full on AAA. Because, yeah, like, the other AA stuff I play by, like, Cyanide and Spiders is miserable. <laughs> like, <laughs> when I played... a new w werewolf game. Yeah, that's that pisses me off a little bit. That that that, looks, like, that doesn't. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, I want a werewolf RPG. Like, <laughs> I'll play a werewolf yeah, RPG. The and then I look at yeah. that and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this werewolf RPG. 
and I might be the target demographic. I don't like how the protagonist looks like a generic RPG, like a uh, generic, generic like AAA protagonist dude that like kind of gives off skinhead vibes. And I'm like, oh, all right. The werewolf <laughs> looks cool, but I don't know if the, if the gameplay or any of the story will be enjoyable. I'm like, like I can't just be like, oh, cool looking werewolf. That'll uh, keep me going for forty hours. I wouldn't say that they do. They have a a history of of making worrisome storylines. I don't know about worrisome storylines. No, I, I just, I just, I just mean like the protagonist looks incredibly unappealing. Yeah. Not that, not the, that I think he's gonna be like a reactionary protagonist or something. <laughs> he's the typical dude, bro. But of. like, I, I get burned whenever I play like Bound by Flame or Technomancer, and like, yeah, like I have, I have a few, I have like in particular one audience member that's continually demanding <laughs> that i play greedfall but it's like i'm like how, how many times do i touch the stove at some point like it's like jrpgs like i don't know how badly i want to keep touching the stove over and over again like for me at this i'm at the point where it's like i'll play whatever hotly anticipated rpg that came out that year that is that that isn't by those people and then i'll play like a classic rpg and like, if I genuinely am like, okay, I'm out of all new RPGs, and I don't really want to play two classic RPGs literally back to back, then maybe I'll be like, oh, let's try one of those double A RPGs by company that hurt me before. <laughs> let's see if they got any better. Because <laughs> it's often yeah, like well, a, a bad process of like, let's play Lords of the Fallen, and then let's play The Surge. Maybe it'll be good this time. Let's play The Surge too. Maybe it'll be good this time. And it's like, okay, I played three really not great souls likes by the same company in a row do i need to keep going i think there's a there's a dis the difference when a game isn't fun mechanically and when it isn't fun in terms of the storyline yeah technomancer is both yeah but i think if it's just mechanically or if it's just the storyline that's kind of bogus it it works a little bit better i think like uh, i always go, go back whenever i think of, of playing a new game i always go back to elex and uh, the, the way I, I found my fun in Elix, I thought Elix was really fun to explore the world in a way that I honestly haven't seen in any other world. Like anytime you think about a game that you, oh, I like exploring, like, you know, in Skyrim or or just in an MMO, maybe just going around and explore and have these dungeons. I think Elix is more fun than that because there's more attention given to the levels. Yeah. Have, and you the played, monsters are, are... have you played the games that led up to that? Gothic and stuff? I have. Yeah. I that's definitely play... what I'm... Elix made me curious about the franchise leading up to that point. I think it's it's Gothic and Risen. Yeah, yeah Gothic and Risen. Yeah, Gothic one, two, and three are done by them, and then Risen one, two, and three as well. Yeah, it was at least played, it was at uh, least kind of interesting. Like the the story was infuriating, especially like its yes. actual like <laughs> like especially the conclusions at the end. You're like this. Oh, you, it was wow, so you wasted my time. Like you just <laughs> didn't finish this. I see. Okay. But uh, it, it was I've, definitely at least interesting trying to solve the puzzle of how the fuck to even do anything in that game because that game mm -hmm. is just kicking you in the teeth over and over again. Yeah, because most of the game is literally unplayable unless you do it in the right order. It's like, this is weird. It I don't know if I can call it good, beginning. but solving it's interesting, I guess. I think, uh, yeah, I think that, that feeling of... of uh... It's it's sort of rewarding, but maybe in an unintended way. In a sort of, I'm making my own phone out of this, and you can't do anything about it. Because like, there were a lot of quest lines that were just, Ugh, where is this even going? But I always th thought that the writing, apart from the romances, the writing was always sort of like it's not in, it's not insulting. It's not 
the like amateur level. So it passes. It's sort of like it's it, it, it's barely it's barely enough. But as long as it sustains the rest of the game, the exploration, I sort of had fun. And it, it's a fifty-hour game. And by the time I, I was done with it, I was I I honestly enjoyed my time. So, but the, the, by the same uh, on this on the other hand, I look at a game that I haven't played, but I saw your let's play of it, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. And even though, I'm, like, all the writers, I'm sure, are experienced. Also they bad work story on... and bad gameplay. <laughs> yeah. I look at that and I say, okay, I don't want to play this because none about the, nothing about the, the gameplay appeals to me. And the story is also, I'm I don't a, like it. To this day, I am appalled by anyone who claims that it's the best. Like, oh, it's, a, it's incomplete and it's, and it's too long and its uh, story is bad. But it has the best gameplay of any Mass Effect. Because I'm like, have you played Mass Effect? <laughs> Yeah, that, that it's not for the gameplay. <laughs> and, and no, but also all, for... but also all of the previous games, by my measure, had better gameplay. But even by other oh, people, I see. But even like, even if you don't agree with me that ga the gameplay of Mass Effect One was actually pretty alright by comparison, mm -hmm. Mass Effect Three was actually kind of fucking incredible. <laughs> like it had so many gameplay? different commands and things you could do with your your party members, and it, it, it specifically they had set up. Uh, they kept iter the the biggest problem with Mass Effect is that the first game had a giant radio wheel you could call up at any moment to use every power that any one of your companions had all at once if you wanted to you had full like CRPG style management of their abilities at least and like that went away immediately and in two and three you just had hotkeys where you could just tell your guy to do their ability or whatever but even mm -hmm. then uh, you could they, what I think Mass Effect two set up combos where you could do certain abilities in conjunction with each other to have like the effect of a, of a combo <clears throat> pulling off and it's more effective that way but then by the time you get to three uh in particular you, your enemies first of all the there's the highest enemy variety of the entire franchise there's just a huge number of different enemies that all behave differently and do things differently and it's just that's just a really big deal and that's andromeda had like three enemies like total or like something miserable <laughs> like that it's been a while but it was like a huge drop and clearly not I an improvement you on that about level. It, yeah. But yeah. Uh, there was also this whole system where they made they like you know we used to we used to have shields and health. What if we made special kinds of different shields? So started experimenting it with, with it where like different enemies would have a barrier uh, uh, in front of their health, and some of them would have armor in front of their health, and some of them would have shields in front of their health. So like you have an energy shield that's dissipated by like hacking abilities and electric attacks you have an armor uh barrier that is uh defeated by flame attacks basically and then you had and like armor penetration attacks and then you had a a biotic barrier which is this purple bar it's like there's a blue bar a yellow bar for armor and purple bar for biotics and you had to defeat that with like biotic attacks so like you had a reason to have different attack types in your party and you were, t you, were, you were targeting specific enemies with specific abilities, not only on your character, but via the abilities that your allies had that you brought with you, and you were choosing them based on that. And in Mass Effect 3, I'm like... I mean, Mass Effect Andromeda, it's like, there's no strategy of, like, any kind, almost. Like, you mostly just... There's, there's two major problems, or three major problems. One, they've stripped the companion AI and your ability to interact with them and tell them to do things more than ever before and I still don't know why that keeps happening, but it's the worst so far. Uh, there's a whole new world with a whole new location, so they can't use any of the old enemies and then add more like they did in each, each previous game. So they just have a relatively small roster of completely brand new enemies, which are not particularly interesting. 
And then on top of all that, um, it's an open world, which means that yeah. they can't even plan the encounters around you. Like, ah, yeah, this is the mission on Elos where you and Liara are going to investigate this thing. You go through this hallway <laughs> and then that hallway and like, ah, oh, here's this room with these p sources of cover and enemies coming from those directions. Like, no, it's just a massive, bland, open field and every single... Almost every single part of the entire game is another giant open field. So you can just like approach, like every fight is just a random bunch of enemies standing in the open waiting for you to initiate combat with them. You always get the drop on them because you are the one that's choosing to start the fight in the first place. And then you can just like, like half the time you can just callously like snipe them from like a hundred meters away where they can't even fight back effectively. And like, but <laughs> yeah. no matter how you approach the fight, it's like that fucking Far Cry thing of like, make your own fun with the the, the outposts. It's the out, every outpost is a unique and interesting experience. I'm like, is it though? Because like if you play a Far Cry <laughs> game, like I played four and five and it quickly, the entire game just blends together into a sludge of just doing what feels like the same outpost over and over again. And you don't even really yeah. feel the fact that apparently the buildings are different or whatever. Like, oh, they're laid out slightly differently each time. It's like, are they? I don't really... That's, even that's absolutely true. You could be copy-pasting yeah. the same outpost and I wouldn't be able to tell. Because it feels like that's what they are, even if you're changing them each time. And, like, yeah, like, Mass Effect was just, like... You want to? Andromeda was like, "Hey, you know those those nice, tightly paced games you've played up until now that were really carefully crafted? Fuck it, let's just play like an eighty-hour open-world time waster with with less content than any of the previous games stretched over those eighty hours." I, 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 I still I, can't believe anyone defends it. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand, but uh, uh, why there's such an obsession with open-world games and why people like them. Or certain people like them anyway. Because <clears throat> I'm not I'm saying the majority of people like them. It's, I'm all just those, saying, it's all those fucking Steam reviews of Skyrim and whatnot saying that they played it for 300 hours and we're supposed to see that as a compliment, not a threat. Yeah, because I think there's a, like, <clears throat> excuse me, when you grow to love a game because you made your own fun, fun out of it, you sort of lose track of what the game actually is. You, you, you lose... It's just, it's not, like, the it's game a lifestyle that you are game. playing... You just hang out the, in the it. The thing like, is, we make... Like the World of Warcraft. Yeah. Like, the, the, it's like um, a different meta altogether. Because for somebody who Second starts a, a new game... For somebody who starts a new game, or any game that it is, and somebody who already knows the game, you're just not going to be able to play the same game at all. Because one is learning, and that learning is part of the game. The other one has already learned all the things, and it's just trying to have fun in the way they know already they can have fun with the game. So it's like... I, I get that people like open-world games, and especially open-world games that reward, or at least that have a lot of things to do. Because it's easy for you to make your own fun. Easier, anyway, to make your own fun, because there's less of the fun there... <laughs> I, I know I'm sounding very ruth, very ruthless when I say this, but there's less fun in those game in open world games, in, inherent to them. So you need to make your own, and that uh, that gives you as a player an attachment to that game that is a little bit hard to see past. But the thing is, in shooters specifically, and uh, like in other words, I still think that Elden Ring is going to be a flop and it's going to be terrible. So oh. fight me there. <laughs> but I mean, I'll be, I'll be sad. <laughs> I, I have not looked sad, into sad it even well. a little bit. I completely ignore everything until it just comes out. But I hope they don't blow <laughs> <But> it. <laughs> specifically in shooter games, it like shooters started off as corridor shooters. 
because it's easier to make it's it's easier to make in, as a genre it's just you can you can uh like customize the type of enemies that you're going to face the sequence that you're going to face them what ammo you have all the things are there as a basis as the fundamentals of the, the genre and then you make them into open world games and you throw all of that away it's such a, a monumental task for me to make a shooter that is not th that you know that's that's good basically that is open world and i i most recently played uh, that ghost recon game that is open world and uh, breakpoint i think and it has all the same problems as as the far cries and as the assassin's creed these days and all that uh because it's just it relies on you making your own fun and it's there like if you want to make your own fun with those games you can have those fun like i had fun with with uh but like to some the... extent the level of fun is just like there is 3d avatars in a wor world where you're not being like commanded to proceed all the time <laughs> so you can just like yeah. fuck off and yeah. do whatever you feel yeah. like i guess like it's uh yeah. but like GTA, like what's it like it's... yeah like gta or minecraft where it's just like you are just kind of hanging out and existing on your own terms absolutely which like has its own value but oftentimes the games aren't amazing, even yeah. necessarily designed to facilitate that or enable that. It's often like an accident when a game happens to be <laughs> like a cool hangout spot. But then it but oftentimes the part that makes it a cool hangout spot doesn't really involve systems or gameplay. So it's like a, it, to some extent a lot from that. To some I extent feel. it's like using a, a a game as a non-game. Like you're turning it into like second life and just kind of chilling in it which is like acceptable and valid but also like it doesn't not, mean the game is better it's not, it's not a good goal good. <laughs> for video games to go for because yeah in a in a way it's like being ungames is the goal and it's like <laughs> be, oftentimes it's just an entirely personal and arbitrary thing where you just decided that this game kind of vibed with you a bit and so you just decided this is going to be the game that you hang out in a lot and it's mostly for reasons that aren't even related to the game itself. It's just kind of you as a person decided that's how you feel about this game. Because technically you can just I, fucking hang out in Undertale if you really want to. But like, I don't know. It's <laughs> not what Undertale <laughs> was made for. I like, I think just to tie it back to the Outer Worlds, I think that like, with this context of me or the way I see shooters specifically and how open world and the storyline interacts with with the, the gameplay mechanics, I think The Outer Worlds is not a, a perfect game in terms of mechanics. In fact, I'm, I'm, there's probably not a single mechanic in that game that I like. It's not that I hate them, but I, can, the, yeah. Yeah, I can finish the game. Speaking Sorry. of like... Speaking of like a uh, Mass Effect companion uh, activatable attacks, but bad... <laughs> Like what is even happening in Outer Worlds is like companion, companion like cutscene <laughs> attacks that I never have... used on purpose a single time throughout the um, whole game. What? Oh, almost yeah, none I of them have the any kind of like utility or purpose. They're just a weird cutscene that where the game the game, com yeah. combat kind of pauses and your character like like fucking chain gun somebody and you're like what the fuck? I, I never used the special attacks ever apart from one or twice once or twice that i did it by mistake because i pressed the wrong key and yeah. what's going on why can't i control my character wait what's he talking about <laughs> well you didn't have companions worlds. so you don't remember oh yeah he doesn't know yeah you're this, you're, this, oh you know how in yeah. mass effect you can press a hot key to make your guy use whatever their pre-chosen like attack is you'll have like a jack sure. button and, a, and like a and like a, th a thane button 
and they'll use okay, like yeah. overload or whatever. There's like it's like that, but without any mechanical significance, because it's not like overload. This is my anti-shield ability that I keep in my back pocket for whenever someone with shield shows up. It's just like <clears throat> the lady, the drunk lady with the green checkerboard costume or whatever will like scream and chain gun somebody, <laughs> and it's like a cutscene that looks like vats. Which, funnily enough, yeah. I if I remember correctly, don't. Don't you not have vats in that game? I forget. Yes, you can press a key that slows time down. You do have vats. Yeah. I, well, I yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what happens in that game if you do that in while you're not in combat? You can see custom descriptions that are mostly all different for each of one of the random characters out in the world, and some of them are really cool. What? But I. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in the town and you press that VATS button and you highlight over people, not only can you see their names, you can also see a description for them, which sometimes, a lot of the time is really cool. But I rarely did that because that that button is so loud. And I was like, no, it's 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 really loud. You click on it and I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to read. So like in terms of mechanics, I'm not a fan of that game. And like... Even from simple things like itemization, I don't think it's well done. Um, the inventory system, I don't think it's well done. Upgrade system, like even the, the character system, it's I don't think it's well done. It's another game where you spend an agonizing amount of time customizing your beautiful character that you will never see a single time in the entire <laughs> <Yes>. game. <laughs> like, like I didn't, I didn't. Spend it's already an incredibly time. token and stupid how like the only time you see your appearance in That's Cyberpunk right. is when you ride a motorcycle or you look in a mirror manually. At which point it like it has to load the mirrors because it has to like mirrors are intensive in video games so you have to like activate a mirror with a button and then the mirror loads and then it shows your face like that's all you really get to see of your character but in fucking <laughs> I, I... In, in fucking outer worlds you only see your character if you look at the inventory screen that's yeah. the only place and that's yeah. if you don't have a helmet because if you have a helmet yeah. you don't even see the face I was, i'm um, so but baffled you, you can disable that it's uh, I I honestly it's been years since I've spent any amount of meaningful time making my own characters. I do I pretend to do it on purpose on camera, but mostly it's just random and I say, oh that's so beautiful and I go whatever with whatever happens. But um, the in I think in terms of mechanics, I am not a fan of the outer worlds. I wish it was a turn-based game with a lot fewer, a lot less combat, top down, and just you know the, the stuff that I like. But oh yeah, almost any I, almost any RPG is improved by having less combat. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, the current I, I, default I think, is just to fill all dead air with more combat. And I think in the outer worlds it would make it a much better game. Because first off there's Monarch, which is a, a like a gauntlet. It is so much combat. There's so much combat in that, uh, the acid planet I'm referring to. Yeah, that's um, all it is. It's mostly just combat. Yeah. But the thing is, so basically what combat does is it... it prevents you from getting to the parts where the game, the game is fun, I feel, which is dealing with the characters and reading the dialogue. Because I I don't think there was a... Maybe, like, maybe one or two side quests, but I don't think there was a single instance where I talked to a character and I couldn't tell that the writers were writing something that they they did it on purpose. Like, they, they, they're not writing just, oh, you need to write this character, go ahead and do it. No, they're doing something that is, they're passionate about. I think, like, yeah. even small characters are like that, but especially the big characters. No, like the, 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 the guy with the moon hat hurt my soul. <laughs> I, there's so many instances like that. I remember, in my, ma- in my mind, the, that boss in, in Monarch, in the city of Monarch, the little short guy, um, and his assistant, both of them had really interesting ca- personalities and the, the dialogues uh the people over at the um, 
Even the the uh, it's they definitely stood in my mind. Although I killed them, the people over that wanted to take over the pig factory, not pig factory, the worst worst factory. They were villains for in my in my book, uh, but they were fun. They were interesting. Like it's so obvious that like all of the dialogue is written with it's well written for one. But even the the underlying story that they are telling is a work of passion and they're 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 not there to waste their time they're there to show you something that the writers are excited about i think all the writing in that game transpires that even to the point of the expansion and the expansion is kind of an interesting thing there's a new expansion for there's the first expansion out um and the expansion is a weird thing because if you spend time to read all the dialogues and all the computers you're you're in for like two or three hours or so of reading computers but I read it all and I ate it all up and it's all connected. It's it's telling its own story. And I thought I never thought that it was wasting my time. And it's it, like it's its own story of, of betrayal inside the company. And it's like it, it's a different pacing as well to the rest of the game, which I felt weird. And I'm not 100 percent sure I like it, uh, but it didn't feel like wasting my time. And it felt like it was doing its thing. It was it was working to show me a story that the game wants to tell. And I see that so rarely in RPGs. It's so rare. Like New Vegas is definitely that case. But oftentimes what RPGs do is they scale back on the dialogue and make it like, just let's just put the dialogue here so the player knows what to do and make the choices and all that. But they scale back on the exposition. They scale back on the, the, being, the characters being cutesy uh, because they know they can't hold, like... It's the opposite problem of Pathfinder Kingmaker. Pathfinder Kingmaker tries to be cutesy, tries to be exposition, and it fails time and time again. There's no single character that's cute. There's no single exposition that I care for. And and it feels like the people writing those things just had an objective. They had th these many words to write, and they wrote them. And and, and I think that's the opposite of, of the other worlds. And the, re the, the I think what I'm saying now is just more or less of why the Outer Worlds isn't bad. Not necessarily why I think it's one of the best games that I've played. The reason why I think it's one of the best games that I've played has more to do with the... Uh, how should I put this? It's not... It's, the, it's a narrative that I don't think is often told in video games, which is the subtlety underneath it. It's because New Vegas does it as well, by the way. It's the, you can read into the, the dialogue, you can read into the themes of the game. It's that thing that, you know, you later on go and watch a, a, a video on YouTube about, oh, this game is genius, actually, and here's why. And you're like, oh, that game is genius, actually. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and once, I, for when me, somebody I, very thoughtful was able to draw more from the experience than you were, and then you yeah. feel like a jackass. You're like, oh, actually, this role is my opinions. I love this game. Ha, 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 yeah, but yeah, for me, no. the outer worlds, the outer worlds, the narrative. I saw it a lot. I saw a lot of, um, uh, what's the word? It's not semantic. What's the word? When a metaphor. I saw a lot of metaphor, but I also saw like the themes that are continuous throughout different characters. And Parvati, for me, I, I, I sort of pegged her right at the beginning for for being the player insert, which I felt well, this can't be because you know you're playing your own character. Because I'm the but player insert. Yeah, but I think her, her storyline, she comes across as somebody who trusts that the, the people who work in the system are doing their best and they're doing it in good faith. But f because of that, she fails to understand the systems that, you know, prevent people from doing good things. And obviously that ties into the criticism of corporate capitalism and all that sort of stuff. 
But for Parvati, like, it's never obvious. The game never delivers that, never shows you her being that. She never comes across a situation where she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't trust people so much, or maybe maybe I shouldn't always see the best of people. She doesn't change necessarily in that aspect. She has another qu story to tell. Um, but you can, like, for me, seeing that in her uh, allows me, uh, allowed me to sort of be a little bit more, maybe the game has more to tell underneath. And uh, now that I'm playing New Vegas, I'm seeing the same things. Uh, I think, in a way, The Outer Worlds opened me, opened my eyes a little bit to what New Vegas is. Because New Vegas is the same. New Vegas, you, the game doesn't flat out tell you. Even when you ask the big villains or the big heroes of the game directly to their face what they are about, they will say things, like Caesar, for example. There's, there's a big conversation with Caesar that is very easy to miss, by the way, because you might want to kill him. But if you don't, he tells you some, some really, really interesting conversations about his dynamics in the world in Fallout New Vegas. But... The themes themselves are still hidden. They're sort of like un lying just underneath the game that never really puts it all, all out in the terms of why the NCR or what the NCR stands for in the, in just, you know, because it's a criticism of the, you know, effectively the United States government of today and what the Caesar Legion is a criticism of and all that, or a satire probably is the better word. So the game never really pushes it that far, never makes it blatant. And I felt that The Outer Worlds also didn't, which is sort of surprising because it's such a blatant game. You start with, with a quest about somebody who has to pay for their own grave after they're dead or something like that. <laughs> it's such is a blatant it? game. And, and or the fact that whoever's nearest yeah. at the time of the re uh, reporting of the death becomes the, the, their nearest relative. <laughs> Yeah. They're responsible I, for their funeral costs. Was there subtlety in Outer Worlds? No, no, no. That's the thing. It's so unsubtle in the in those in those in, the, in you know in those quests. Like you obviously t can tell that there's something extremely fucked up about the whole thing, but the game doesn't necessarily go past that. And I see that, that criticism sometimes raised about that game is the game doesn't really have people play the game and they don't see that the game has much to tell because they see everything that it tells right at the start. That, like, you play in, in, going to Edgewater, and you see all of those funky things about, oh, look at these capitalists being all capitalisty, And you're like, okay, well, that's it. That The game never goes past that, and it doesn't. It, if, you, if you think about the quest, it's mostly preoccupied with, like, the the little um, the nuances of, oh, people are starving, or maybe th this this person has... Uh, you know, has this piece, uh, people... this person captured and all that. So it's like the the, the sort of busy work that you have in, a, in any game really but it doesn't do anything else that it doesn't that it already doesn't do in, in edgewater you know what i mean yeah but that's why i say it's that's why i say it's subtle because that's not really the point of the game i think the point of the game for me was or rather not necessarily the point but the themes underneath the, the game were just was to see how different people in the world of of the outer worlds come to different realizations based on the same on the same realities really it's a little bit like fallout where the theme is more or less how different people in the post-apocalyptic world manage to survive in the outer worlds is sort of you know it's the parvati or, or or the the guy the boss from from monarch i keep forgetting his name najad he had an indian name i don't remember uh, exactly there's uh, sort of an, but, an aspect uh, of like in in both situations everyone agrees there's a problem but no one agrees on what the problem is or what the solution yeah. is which is not understandable because i i know exactly what the solution is and i did it myself and it worked like i and I the game even that's, told you that it yeah, worked. That's the, and that's the thing that kept bothering exactly. me that's the thing that i hate about outer worlds is i knew the solution i had the solution 
and <laughs> nobody wanted my solution so i forced it on them and it was the right answer like the game and the game was like good yes. job <laughs> yeah the game literally was like you did it you did the exact right thing i was like what why did I have to murder everyone in my path to do it? Why couldn't I just tell someone, hey, if you just kill all the board members, you can just have a better life. Like, well, there's a complex economical boom, shooting the head. Headshot. Hey, if you get rid of the board members, you can fix. Well, I don't want to headshot. put anybody down. Headshot. Like, you just keep shooting people until there's no one else to say no. And the game goes like, well, yeah, they're all bad. I was like, but then why I've, am I here? What was I here for? Like, I didn't... God damn. <laughs> like, I didn't I mean think, to do any of this. I think there's a... Yeah, I, I, there, you, I think... Like, 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 even your companions, it, like, at the end of the game, the, the first companion, whatever that girl's name that I fucking told no, don't... Yeah, she was like, I'm your best friend. I was like, you literally never interacted with me. <laughs> like, once, a single time. We literally, like... I, I told you, don't ever talk to me again. I never talk to you again. And the end of the game, she's like, hey, we're best friends. I was like, how the it, fuck are you? <laughs> like, what what is going on in this world? It is incredibly funny certain... when a game just forgets to ever check whether you talk to someone before. And then it's and then they <laughs> act like you've grown close and everything. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, never, game, I'll never get yeah. over fucking Bound by Flame and how there was this one, this one female character that was like this... I don't know, like priest, like priestess character that was like young and irritating, and I was and I was kind of escorting her or whatever. Like I, I think I escorted her once in one mission, and then immediately dumped her, in part because the game only allowed one companion total, and there was like five options. So I promptly just completely ignored her and never talked to her again. <laughs> and at the end, it was seen as this great betrayal when I didn't side with her and. She's like she's like dying in this field, getting attacked by like whatever the fuck the enemies in that game were, and it's like I've died. And it's like how could you do this? And I'm like I don't even know your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <There's, laughs> uh, I'm over here with Witch Lady. Yeah. She's fun. <laughs> I, I I will admit there is a certain level of uh, voyeurism, as it were, that is required to play any game really but the outer worlds in specific you need to be interested in the stories that the game is trying to tell you and the thing with outer worlds obviously is that the stories are the characters that are, have different opinions about what needs to be done but also but at the same time andrew your your solution is a little bit too drastic for like i i still think that the game it, should reward is you is it too drastic <laughs> the, the entire solar system is collapsing due to fucking late stage capitalism you and killed nobody, everybody and nobody <laughs> will agree that the late stage capitalism <clears throat> is the fault everyone's like well there has to be a way I to know the way is not to even cut my the comments cancer. section will agree that late stage capitalism is at fault like, like that's, no that's that, the thing that yeah that that's there was government involved in some form that means it's socialism i've had some really exhausting like, stupid conversations with yeah, people every, that don't understand time, what words mean every time i got yeah. to the next stage in the main story it was immediately a man in a suit or a woman in a suit telling me how if i just agreed to go along with them they would fix the solar system but it has to be done through bureaucratic red tape and i was like no there is no answer where the bureaucracy wins out you have to remove it if you want a good stable ecosystem and they're like 
but the rules, the rules will get you killed. I'm holding a gun, <laughs> change the rules or I will fucking kill you. And they're like, well, the rules, done. And then I kill them and people are like, well, well what are we going to do? We don't have the rules anymore. We can just do the thing that we need to to fix the world, which is not fucking canning tuna in a place that's out of tuna to can. God fucking damn it. Like, stop. Like, Jesus Christ, you read computers and they're like, well, we're out of tuna. Let's make fake meat and sell that. I'm like, what? Just go to a... Fuck, stop canning tuna then. Like, it's over. The tuna's ended. And it's like, no, we have to keep the business going. It's the family. I'm like, this... This, this whole fucking box is the problem, and it needs to be burnt. <laughs> if you do not burn the box, you will not live. Like, and it's like, it's like I, someone's I feel holding like it's, it. It's too, it's like, too Otherworlds' credit that it seems to have made Andrew engage with its story more than any other RPG ever, I think so. going by this rant. <laughs> like, you, and, but, the, but that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I'm trying to find, your end, I kept trying to honestly find, like, maybe I'm the bad guy. Maybe I'm literally, like, somehow crazy in all this. But the more I read, I was like, I'm not insane. All of you are insane. You're all that's fucking true. lunatics. True. Just remove the problem. And they're like, there is no problem. Or we can't remove the problem. There's other problems in the way. And I'm like, I, I fucking, okay, I'll do it for you. I'll fucking fix it then. Go to the main I city. Will. A bunch of rich capitalists. Boom, 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 boom. All right, city's purged. Where's the, where's the bureaucratic red tape? Well, there's a business. Boom, 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 boom. There's no more business. Where's the red tape? It's like, well, what are we going to do for a job? I don't know, sir. How about you just go around and find other things to fucking do besides can fucking tuna or fucking put meat of these weird cow things into a thing or make weird potions that make people fucking sick? Like, how about you just do things you enjoy doing in the fucking outer worlds of the solar system, you fucking lunatics? Like, Jesus Christ, everyone is just so stuck. They can't the thing, live this world outside of this weird dystopia that they've, like, somehow been conditioned to believe in. But the moment that you tell them that this conditioning is both a lie and the reason they're suffering, they have to, like, reject it with every core of their body because otherwise, one, they're absolutely wrong. They've been wasting their life, and they're just idiots. And two, that there is a solution that was simple and there in front of them the entire time, that they were just ignorant and cowardly and too stupid to do anything about? Like, I literally woke the fuck up out of a, what apparently was a hundred-year-old coma. I showed up on a planet, and I immediately fixed the planet. Like, how hard was that? I don't, e I don't even live here. I, this isn't even my home planet. I don't even know where the fuck I am. And I somehow fixed your entire problem in one easy-to-do solution. Kill the guy saying no. It was really easy, guys. <laughs> it was super easy. I don't know I how hard this was. Like, he had two guards standing next to him, and I just shot him point-blank in the face, and the guards looked at me like, oh, fuck. And then I shot them point-blank in the face, and then I just walked out. And then everyone else in the town was like, oh... All right, well, I guess we're going to go yeah. back. Yeah, like, I guess we're just going to go back to canning tuna. And I was like, I don't I, then I'm gone. I'm just going to leave then. Fuck this town. Like, I mean, in the in the game's defense, he wasn't the boss. He was just sort of the the figurehead of that he town. He owned the town. He was the yeah, leader of that the town. Board. He, the board owned that well, town. Like, yeah, he but was that's also the thing. The board owns everything in the solar system. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, he is yeah. literally the manager of that town, which is collapsing yeah. in on itself. He made the decisions to either bring in, uh, what is it, like, they needed some kind of uh, 
uh didn't they need like an, weren't they sick didn't they have like it a was energy they needed an no at the beginning it's energy. energy oh yeah. it's energy yeah and there's like a power plant on the outside that's <clears throat> generating energy just fine but like oh it's on the yeah. outside of town can't fucking touch that board no, rules they, like, they were they were all what? dying of a lacking moral fiber it's uh... if they just worked harder <laughs> and were more moral they I... wouldn't have gotten sick and like why like what you're why saying andrew why do you totally want to live right. like you're... that you're just you're you're just saying the the themes of the game and the point of the game just coming at it from a whole different perspective. I'm just I think uh, my, I'm the sort of sociopath that just goes over to outer worlds and sees oh look at all these people all of them wrong but they all are wrong in different ways. This is very interesting because it's a, an analog to real life. <laughs> and then you're saying oh look at all these people they're all wrong. I'm gonna kill them all. Although I'm not gonna say that's well, analog, analog to real life. But that's the thing. It's like it's it's not that they're it's not just that they're wrong. It's that they won't agree that they're wrong. Yeah, they're but, not acknowledging uh, that they're wrong, and the, and the only like way to real make life them. Is... <laughs> but yeah, and I, like, I I understand that. But like, when the world is this bad, like Outer Worlds isn't like subtly bad. It's fucking it's next really level. Yeah. It's literally like a star <laughs> is like it's like if the sun was about to consume your planet bad but that's and also you're just why sitting there good. like well if we tell the sun that we can't do that for the next 30 cycles maybe the sun will go away it's like that's not how a fucking sun works you have to deal with the problem that your planet is going to be consumed by a sun leave but the planet it's like no we can talk down the sun you cannot talk down a star leave the Andrew, planet or die <laughs> like <laughs> the fact the fact that it's so bad is also why the game itself is better for it because it's so bad because I'm playing I'm playing Deus Ex right now, the Human Revolution one, the first one that I, uh, of the new ones, and there's multiple instances. It's it's a dystopic world because it's you know, uh, it's that's supposed to be the point. But there, there's multiple instances where the game comes up with examples uh, of of things that happen in that world that are supposed to be really bad that are actually less bad than what happened in real life. Like for example, police violence <laughs> or oh, or no. racial inequity or there's there's a lot and like multiple times I think at least three times I said it out loud through my let's play that uh, your 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 post apocalypse or it's not possible your dystopia is less dystopic than real life and that game is a good example of that of people just I don't I don't know why that happens but it, it does happen in that game re recurrently they just write things this. that aren't as bad as real life <laughs> the, they the, even well it's like, because the they don't understand one, how bad real life is. Yeah, I think that's the reason. I think I, I like I. It's a little bit of an assumption that I'm making of the writers, but I think that's the reason they're just Pe not sensible. People with a, lasp, to how bad a lacking is. grasp on the current state of the world, writing a yeah. world, trying to write like a cyberpunk story that's about <laughs> wow, what if things were way worse? What we can learn about that? And then, then they're like, but they don't actually understand how bad things are now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's this one like the the first time I saw it in Deus Ex was there's this book about something called Blue Water, I think. Uh, and it's a mercenary company that I believe tortured civilians. I think it's something like that. I don't remember exactly the example, but if it isn't this, it's sort of more or less the same in terms of how bad it is. It's a mercenary, you know, a private military contractor. PMC, the game even says the word PMC. Uh, and it's called Blue Water. Does this bring any bells to you guys? Yeah, it's yeah, Blackwater. It's, yeah, it's an yeah. allegory for Blackwater. It feels Why like it's an allegory the, the to hit video game now. <laughs> it feels like it is, and it honestly, I, I, I can't. I'm, I believe that it is, but in the game, they don't stop in the middle of a busy junction and kill seventeen civilians with their machine guns. They just torture prisoners or something. It's a, it's something you know. Well, it's not I think obviously. The game came out before they committed like that crime, so I, I think, think there's I, like a. It might be. 
Yeah, might have I been, mean, yeah. that, that crime was Did it? more recent uh, than... So that's yeah. why I'm not sure that the it is Human Revolution was like 2012, because that was one of the first I games I almost Let's Played on Sad Games. Yeah, it's 2012 or 2011, yeah. So Let's I don't know see. where Blackwater... I think... Wasn't it 2009, Blackwater incident? But uh, like, I don't either know. way, if, 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 if it is a, re a reference... Uh, or if it, it was in 2007. Okay, ah. there it is. So it could be a reference. That was but the game events. says... The game says something that is less awful and horrific than the real life. Why does it do that? Either it's because they're, it's a reference and they, they're trying to tone it down somehow. Well, or I mean, it isn't a reference. To, you want to keep things realistic. And it sounds it, unrealistic to say something like that because you don't realize just how unrealistic I, yeah. your world is. Um, I yeah, think, but I, I think it makes for a, for a less interesting setting, honestly. If like even Shadowrun, which is a setting that has 40 years now, always had like super brutal, like really awful, inhuman, terrible things happened in it. And uh, it feels, you know, feels awful. It's, it's, a, it's a setting that has violence and it has a lot of horrible things. So for, it to, for you to make a game like Deus Ex and just sort of like tone it down, where I think there's like this manifestation, they talk about like, I, I, I don't remember... It, at the time I was playing it, I, I just could think of the George Floyd uh, and the Black Lives Matter protests all around the world last this last year, and about how that just contrasts so starkly with what the game thinks is is a was a a, a, a thing. That I think I don't remember what it was, but I think it was like a, a protest because the police killed a, a a black suspect or something. And I'm like, police literally kill kids who have a cell phone on their hands. They go after them at night, and they're made into heroes. They don't, there's no, it takes years and years for the protests to happen. And then when the protest happens, the police goes after those people and, and gas them and tear gas them. And your, your world is so much less dystopic than the real life. And I think that's why the outer world sort of clicks with me a little bit better, because it takes itself seriously enough to say, okay, we're going to make this shit real crazy. You're going to have to pay for your own shovel when you die. But that's the thing is like, but then it doesn't account for me playing the game. Like as a that's as true. a non yeah. as a person that doesn't live in this world, as a person who's coming as like a complete outsider, this is asinine. This world is I, asinine. It's just an it's just nothing but a joke. And there's no way that people can live in this world seriously. And the moment that people treat it seriously, you're like, I can't suspend my disbelief for this. This is You like, shouldn't you, you're, you shouldn't like, have again, snubbed Parvati. You should have had a talk with her. She's Why? amazing because Why she would, would show. Why would I bother? She literally she told me no. You. Don't kill the guy that's that's causing all of this suffering. That's the you reason should have I listened to her. That's why I say she's the insert. She's supposed that's... to sort of be your center of moral in a way that I makes you. I don't like, need I'm not morality she's right. when you have a company killing people for profit. I'm, I'm not, not saying that I'm she's not right. The problem. <laughs> I'm not saying like, that she's right. What I'm saying is that it's sort of the way that you can sort of more or less go around the game and see what the developers wanted to say. Because I think if, you, if you're if you a Parvati, if you're playing the game and you're a Parvati kind of person, you're going to have sort of the same reactions as she has. And maybe at the end, you're going to be able to grasp what the game is trying to say. It's not going to be as... I, I, feel I like think a lot of people are Parvati. Does that I'm make you like, you're you're part of the problem then? You are a lot of people are part of the problem. You're yeah. actively supporting <laughs> these people suffering and dying at the hands of a company that doesn't care about them and only wants money, which but she they're not well. even making anyways because, like, everything is going fucking belly up and no one is willing to admit that. Like, But I, she means well. 
No, she, she, I literally stood there and I tried <laughs> to convince this fucking guy where I was like, please, just who gives a shit about the company? Just fucking do the thing that gets power to this stupid city. And he's like, no, I'm not going to go against the company. And she's like, well, we'll have to find a way to work it out. I'm like, all of you are fucking insane. Forget <laughs> it. Like, I, I don't have to do bureaucratic red tape. I don't have to follow the rules because the rules don't apply to me because the rules only apply to people stupid enough to follow them. And these people are stupid enough to follow them. So I just kill them and move on. And the world gets better for it. And like, I don't I don't know. That d doesn't seem compelling to it's, me when the only good answer is you have to ignore all of these people who are living in this world who want to continue living in this suffering. And like, <laughs> I don't think you, I ignored them. I uh, what I what if I did, you did that's anything why I say against the company. You ignored the wishes of everyone on the on that entire solar system. Everyone in Outer oh, World I see what you wants mean. the company yeah. to survive because they want a job. They think that having a job is the only value to their life. If at, without a job, they think they will die. They will suffer and just wash away from the planet. And they, like, have no autonomy. They have no ability to be their own I fucking think... human beings. And, like, there's no, like, was... solution that isn't violent with that. When people are that far gone, you have to just, like, eradicate the, the mind control. You have to get rid of the problem that's causing this, this like, I don't this think... plague. I don't think it, there's uh, maybe I mean, I'm the, I'm not necessarily the sort of person that goes Again, for half measures. There is but. an entire planet that is just full of really nice paved roads, rich people, homes, security guards, flying robots. Some, and yeah. then there's a fucking small island, like small city, maybe the size of like half that of the rich planet full of people that are canning tuna that can barely survive and they all they need is like a fucking power cell. They just need like a solar panel and they can't get it. Like, no. Yeah. This is this but, is utterly I, failed. You have to you have to remove one or the other. You either I get think, rid of the people or you get rid of all of the people. Like you get rid of some it, of the people or all of them. <laughs> I think having your stance on the on the narrative changes it very much. Like it, it, you can't really because like what you're saying isn't necessarily wrong. It's just that it just drastically changes what the game is going for. It's so like it's so outside of what the game talks about all the, half the time. Well, that's but because the end, but the game is also in its it, it's in the far spectrum of it. It's like it's such an extreme measure that again like there is no but there I is think no it talking be, down that level. If like the, it, I think if the if the storyline was just that you basically or or forced. It's not just that. What I mean is if the storyline was about you as a character being capable of just turning against all the bosses there and all about, against all the people who are complicit with the, 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 that corrupt system, it also wouldn't say the same thing. The game wouldn't be saying the same things that it says. And, and I, like, I, it's not that I disagree with you. It's just that you're, what you're saying just doesn't is not compatible with the story of look at all these people who have completely different opinions and look at how those opinions interact. Because I think, and, and that's why I was sort yeah, of trying to no, cut you off. At yeah. the end, the game really focuses about the who who has to pay for for what's going on. Especially with a there's a, like a twist in the storyline. Who has to pay? Is it the people who are working, or is it the ones on top that made the choices that make this happen? And I think the game really really focuses on that at the end. The whole storyline is about who has to pay if you want it to be about that, but not at the beginning. I you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm but not sure I, if you I, saw I, it the same way. Like I, but that's the thing is like my my personal viewpoint is 
problems happen from top to bottom. So it, it's it's not as if like it's not as if the people canning the tuna are the reason there's no more tuna. It's not their fault. They're not the reason there's not enough energy. It's not their fault. It's from management. It's from people higher and higher yeah. and higher to the point where like it's so abstracted that like literally you're sitting in the office of someone and they're saying we're just gonna wipe out this entire town. No big deal. We'll get new people to fill it in in a couple Absolutely. of weeks. Absolutely. And yeah. you're just like, okay, so there's two there's, options there's here. There's actually several like, instances of that exact yeah. idea. Yeah. And, like, yeah. fuck and, it. We'll just so, kill everyone. It's cheaper than dealing with this problem. And then we'll get new people so, in. Maybe robots. There's, there's only one yep. option here. You must kill every single person in the company. There's, there is no I, middle ground. You have to I remove will, these people. They have no. I will say this. But they have no sorry, empathy. It, they can't it, make, it, it does make you significantly more morally in the right for your your <laughs> right? your scorch, yeah, yeah, scorched earth approach absolutely. when they regularly are willing to just murder their employees. But the thing is, the thing like is, they literally if you fired could, first. The, if you could convince the higher ups, because there's a, this one conversation that you have with somebody very high up in the the company. If you like, I I remember I was. Uh, that's a big conversation. Is honestly, I loved it, but. At the point, I was pointing it out in my own commentary, and I was like deconstructing all the theory that I, as far as I can understand it anyway, and and explaining it why the systems work the way they do, and you know who has to pay and all that. Uh, and at the end, I was going all eat the rich and stuff like that. I think I even named one of the episodes like that. But in that one conversation where you just talk with one of the higher ups, if you could convince them, or at least even even if you couldn't convince them, if you could even say the reason the 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 basis for why they're wrong the you know the sort of like mo most sort of democratically oriented thinking that you could could think of in in the way that you know pointing pointing to them that you're the ones on top you're the ones responsible you're the ones that have to pay the people on on the bottom are the ones that are being exploited even saying that word exploited i don't think it's very very often used in the game i think it would change the game as a piece as a sort of uh, as a piece of work it would change it from being explorative in the sense that you can play it however you like and it is what it is to being something a little bit more moralistic because the one thing that's something that they said before they released the game is they didn't want the game to be about teaching anybody anything in the sense that you know it's not going to be preaching they they said they said it's not i always wonder if they're telling the truth when they say that though i think they are i don't think sometimes think they're just doing a game in like gamer like the go the go to gamer advertising like strategy oh, yeah. is to mean. distance yourself from the idea that it's political even when you're it's hilariously political but, like the outer worlds <laughs> yeah but i think so the outer worlds like this is an sjw propaganda that tells you what to think it's just you know abiding critique of capitalism and all of its systems and, yeah but uh, it isn't it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> bite but, down but like, all it, the way. But like the game doesn't advertise itself as being what is the most memorable part of the game it hides that and lets you yes. just run into that. So on that same level, the interviews are kind of like not useful because they're based on the same ideology of like just kind of hiding the point of the game constantly. What I'm saying is compare, compare it to Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium bites all the way. If yes. You, if you go down, it, it just it does the thing. It tells you. Well, it lets they, you say they the also things. don't say they're not a political game like they're very yeah that's true <laughs> they're that's not true. trying to hide that <laughs> that's what i'm saying i think they the were right in saying indie. that they didn't want they didn't want the outer worlds to be a, a preachy game a game that is just you know we're here to to say what we feel i think you picked the wrong setting for that then like but it's an rpg that's that's the thing like it, 
it's still meant for all people of all stripes to play their the, the game and have a, a, their own experience. And I think what our conversation here is telling us is that that is very much the case even for somebody who isn't used to playing RPGs. I th like, I think it's a victory. The, the, even though maybe you didn't enjoy it as much as you could, uh, Andrew, it's still a victory of the game that it made you have, like, all you're saying is correct, but, I, I think, in in the way but, you approach the game. But I didn't like the way I played the game. Yeah, that's, that's not what I wanted a, to yeah. do. <laughs> I, I, I didn't not, want to yeah. kill everybody. I wanted to, I, like, I wanted to actually use di like diplomacy. I wanted to convince people that they were wrong. You and could go, go like, back and play like that. But you can't. You can't convince these people. Like you, all you, all you yeah. do is you keep like it. All they do is they do bureaucratic bullshit where they they push you to the next person higher up on the chain. And you eventually get to a point where you're like, all right, so I need you to like shut down the company because it's literally a fucking problem. And they won't shut down the company. They'll just like, oh, yeah, there are think... problems and we need that. Like, will you help us work through them? And it's like, no, I'm not going to help you work you can't through those expect... problems. You can't like... expect to be able to convince everybody uh, or anybody, in fact. And again, it's, it's... I, that's that's why I fall back to I can because I am a god. And if you do not listen to me, <laughs> I will game. erase you from the planet. So, like, but that's, I, that's I'm a going... problem common to all RPGs. Well, like, yeah, but, it, like, that's why I don't like it, because I'm trying to come at this game with, like, I'm trying to be like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go through it with logic, sensibility, and some very obvious proof of examples about how this world is just a <laughs> bad place to live, and let's talk it out. And the first time you try talking it out, you're immediately hit with a brick wall where your only option is to, like, kind of half-ass give something where it's like well he's still still running the show but these people on the side won't get eliminated unless you go further in the game where you find out that no they're gonna eliminate those fucking people you just didn't really do anything to change that yeah. like you just but you just bid them some extra time and it's like or hear me out or i can just remove the problem i can just clap clap it's over and <laughs> no one will no one will stop me no one can stop me and like that's the that like that's why well, I can't get into like Fallout New Vegas either because the moment I start the game I go to the first yes, person that's, and they're like that's a, hey by the way you need to like follow the rules blap blap blah, 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 you're blah, saying, and you just keep blapping all what you're the way and is it's so like, right what you're saying is so right Fallout New Vegas has the same problem if you go back if we, I had that problem the first time I played it especially with Caesar and the Caesar's Legion in general because if you resort to violence if, or even even if you don't resort to violence there's a lot of twists that you can take that are a little bit more self-righteous and then the game doesn't show you all the cards that it has in for you not necessarily in th that the results of your actions are going to be different it's just that there's some conversations there's some twists and some side quests that happens in in the main storyline of, of new vegas that if yeah. you're aggressive it just you just don't get to see those themes even things we even side quests like the the powder gangers if you're if you're a little bit too rushed in your choices and I think it's very difficult to design a game that doesn't have this problem. But, it, like, New Vegas has the same problem. If you're a little bit too rushed with your choices, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff. And I'm, I'm seeing that firsthand again because I'm playing it again and, and, and finishing it again for the second time. And I, I there, there are situations where I have to reload because I know I did a bad choice. And then I go back and I have, like, half an hour of amazing dialogue that I completely missed or something like that. You know what I mean? Just because, I mean, it's, it's difficult making an RPG. If it's not linear, there's there's always a chance that somebody either clicks with the game differently and you, you didn't expect, or yeah, like yeah. And I I understand that. Like I that's why I don't play RPG games. Uh, barely is because they they cannot and will not ever be for me. I am never going to be the target demographic for an RPG. 
because again, I view I view myself as the player above all NPCs. I don't have to bring myself down to an empathetic level with a piece of machine. I can just beat it to death and move on. Like I <laughs> I control everything in this world that I come into. I have a like but, I have but a seriously, more... that's the thing. Like I the that's the same thing with Cyberpunk where you show up and people are like this is the way things are. No, that's the way things are for you, stuck in your shitty ways. I can do whatever I want. So don't tell me about what I have to do. Tell me about why I shouldn't just murder you on the spot and hope that you have a compelling story that empathizes enough with me to keep you alive. And that's like <laughs> That's how I treated yeah. Outer Worlds is like, all right, I'm here and I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to remove capitalism. And so either you're with me or you're against me. And if you're against me, all right, then you're you're going to be gone. And like Andrew I, Guevara coming up and, in here. And like, I don't know. And again, I, it's fine. I don't again, <laughs> like I said last time, I don't want people to make games like RPGs for me. <clears throat> I don't want you to do that because I don't I'm not supposed to be playing them. I don't have the I don't have the role playing ability to do that i can't immerse myself think, as this like you know like as this person who's uh, held bent by the the whims of this world that they live in it's like no 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 no. you know like i i i have all of my memories awareness it's like an isekai i show up i know everything <laughs> i have all my memories i know everything about everything i can just do whatever i want and no one can stop me because i know they can't stop me like it's it's like you know like and there's no dialogue mm -hmm. that i'm missing out on because all i want at the end of the day is to succeed in the game to beat the game like that's what i'm going for i'm not i don't play an rpg for some like stunning narrative experience because that's not how i play games i don't play games yeah. for stunning narrative experiences i play games to enjoy them i play games to play games and that's like the, i just yeah uh, it's a it's a very big counterpoint to the way i not counterpoint but like a it's counter to how i play rpgs exactly is, to find out, oh, look at this, this side quest. If you do this this way, you get to see all this. And, but, oh, look, if, if you have a character with this stats, then look at that character doing this and all. And I think yeah. that that's, for me, the, the appeal of RPGs, computer RPGs specifically, uh, which are very different from tabletop, obviously. But it, it's very different. It, you know, it's the opposite, obviously. But I, think, yeah. I also think that New Vegas, uh, New Vegas and Outer Worlds are, are games made, or written anyway, uh, written for somebody like me, because I grew up playing games like Fallout and, to a lesser extent, Baldur's Gate, and, but also <laughs> KOTOR and stuff like that. Wait, like although I, I, I think that you would enjoy KOTOR too, playing the dark side. It's a lot of fun. You can say so many, many bad things to people. It's a lot I, of fun. But I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> no, no. That's you, the you thing. Role play <laughs> a bad guy. I, I, I'm not a bad guy. You need I just to role don't have play a bad for bad things. Like that's no, it. No, no. If I you just... role play a bad guy in, but Code I don't. War I don't want to role play a bad guy. I, I want to be a I good a person and help people, but I don't want to do it by following shitty rules. Like I don't, I'm not going to sit here and like play dumb <laughs> that games work with in dumb people. Like that doesn't work in Star Wars. Exactly. And I, 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 I don't Star know. Star Wars doesn't deal with subtlety. They tried it once, and everyone got real angry. Uh, they're still it, angry yeah that's true they made There's, a whole movie about that i don't know like and i like as a kid i played fallout 3 like that was like the first time i played that's a not, that's like not a, fallout that was a that was that's like fallout the first 3? time i played a like a 3d rpg game and when mm -hmm. i played it i only did one thing get to dad that was my singular goal everything anything else was just noise fluff in like things getting in the way of what i wanted which was to get in to your see my dad <laughs> In like, your defense, Fallout 3 is very much that. 
it, like but it's that not. you're just Fallout describing 3 the has, game. Like, I don't think it's a good game, but there's other stuff in Fallout 3. There's but, like yeah, but the towns, other stuff is fluff. Like, yeah, but like if you if you don't specifically want to see fluff, you're not gonna enjoy it. But, but what I'm saying is like people who like that fluff. When you join you know an I mean? RPG, it has a story. It has kind of like it has a goal that it wants you to get. Not necessarily. Like, like, like Outer for Worlds, example, when you start Outer Worlds. The, the scientist who's not Rick Sanchez, but is Rick Sanchez, tells you very point blank <laughs> that the goal here to revive you is to save the colony. He wants you to save the colony. And so I, like a machine, like a Terminator, I interpreted that as, okay, I, <laughs> to save everybody. the colony. Yeah, the, to save the colony, you must eradicate the source of its suffering, capitalism. We must remove the capitalism to save the colony. And so like... <laughs> And I just terminated my way through it, where it's like, all right, if you are if you are here to like remove capitalism to save the colony, get behind me. No one stood behind me. You were all Could going to die. you imagine if that like, was the real life singularity? <laughs> like fucking Cortana reaches sentience and is like, I understand. Capitalism must be dismantled. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's and that's like the way I played. That's how I play Fallout games. Like the same, you know, you start out and it says like. You need to find like if the game tells me but, to do something, I but do that's it. A, that's a, a style of R, of RPGs. It's not like I th Fallout One and Two are not like that. They do tell you to to do something like that. They, like Fallout One tells you to go find like, the water get chip. Get the geck. And Fallout Two tells you to go find the geck. And but, like, uh, like when you, Wasteland when you Three, to, Wasteland Three was like you need. I mean, to get can't supplies. you can't you fail like, one of the fallouts if you don't do the main quest fast enough? Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not as as like. It's not too. It's not too hard, or rather, it is a little bit hard to to fail. But you can mostly. It's it's yeah. It's kind of I mean, easy to to know. And it like, but the again, thing, the, like Wasteland what I'm Three is, is the same thing. Wasteland Three tells you you need to get supplies for Arizona. No, Wasteland Three is a lot more more focused. The Fallout One and is Two, it? the way they it do it, it just says like yeah, yeah. get supplies for the Arizona. And I was like, all right, well that just means get supplies. It doesn't it just doesn't say you, I have to follow along with the patriarch. I just have to get the, the way, supplies from him. <laughs> like <laughs> the way they do it is basically you go through a few locations and you do side quests in those locations until you happen by information that is related to your main quest. Especially in Fallout 2, you're well into the game when you find anything about the Gek. Like, you have no clue whatsoever where the Gek is. And you do all of Klamath, you deal with the cattle, cattle ranchers, and you do with robbers and geckos and a bunch of... You go to find Vault City, find all these different people. And I think playing that game, Fallout 2 specifically, really taught me what how fun that is for me to find all these different side quests that are... There's just a, this world of, of side quests that have interesting choices for you to make on how you finish them. But also the fact that you have this main quest behind it all gives you a little bit of a guidance. But it's not it's not at all like Fallout 3. Fallout 3 is so focused. Like you if you want if you tried playing it like that in the first few fallouts, in the two first fallouts, like you can't do those games like that. You because you, you don't know where it is. Unless you know exactly like in advance where you to go and it, you know, have a lot of walkthrough or something. You 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 don't know. You just go to. You need to talk to people, and they're gonna tell you that the, their cows are missing or something. And you're gonna like, okay, well, I don't care about that. You go el elsewhere, but you don't know where to go because people don't tell you where there's towns. They don't tell you where, you know, because you need to unlock the locations and all that. It's all related, and so those games force you to want to do the side quests in a very organic way because you just, otherwise, you don't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm definitely not the target here. I know. I know. I just, yeah. I just kept walking. So I would yeah. go in, and if someone didn't tell me about my dad, I just kept moving. He just, all right, well, you just keep walking and walking and walking, and eventually you'll find where you're supposed to go. Like, I found the stupid ship sitting in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, oh, 
I guess I'll go in here. And there was, but there it is. There's, yeah, there's my dad. And I was like, oh, I did if, it. All right, congratulations. And you follow one and two, you do that in the desert for days on end. Yeah. And, and it's just, not real time. It's not real time, but like it's your character goes across the map. And and obviously in Fallout 1, you have the 150 days limit. So if you do that in Fallout 1, you, you are sure to miss because you're just wandering the desert, but you know, without aim. And yeah. uh, the, so it does force you. Those are games made to force you to do side quests. Like they're designed on purpose to be that. And obviously Fallout 2 is a lot bigger game. But the, the point is, I, I it's... I think uh, your play style works with a lot of games and a lot of RPGs, I think, uh, especially RPGs that don't take take after, you know, Western RPGs as much. But there's a certain there's this kind of game like Fallout 1 and 2 and Wasteland a little bit. Uh, you were saying about Wasteland, it's not uh, completely incorrect, but it's a little bit, but it's not as much as Fallout 1 and 2. Th those are just one of a kind. And I think Baldur's Gate is the same as well. The, the first two ball the Baldur's one and two. They're a little bit like that as well. Yeah. It, where there's a lot of, yeah. But I, I, well, I mean, that's the thing is like, just for me personally, you have to, if you want me to engage with the story, you have to be really explicit about what you want me to engage with. Because if you give me, if you give me like vague, uh, vague direction, I'm not, I'm never going to take it in the way that like anybody writes for it always turns out to be like, a, a, oh, oh, no, that's not the, what we wanted at all. We, we <laughs> definitely wanted you to, like, you know, be intrigued and interested. And it's like, no, no, no interest, no intrigue, only fix. And it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, but everyone's in a weird here to way, kind of... Huh? In a, in a weird way, Fallout 1 and 2 is a little bit like that. Because there's very little to the main quest. It's just really just literally getting this item that you need. And obviously when you get there, there's going to be a quest related to it or there's going to be somebody. It's not a quest necessarily, but there's, there, there's some... It's not just you, oh, it's over here on the floor. You need to talk to people who have it or, and stuff like that. But it, like, it, it, there's so little that you're really just... If you just focus on the fix on Fallout 1 and 2, you are doing what the game wants you to do. But the thing is, the way to fix it, the way to, for you to find these items is to help other people and establish alliances and and you know do something and get if you need better equipment and all that sort of stuff it's all those side quests in a weird way it is more or less what you're describing just sort of the opposite <laughs> i don't know it's interesting i definitely i definitely enjoy your way of looking at it and i think rpgs could learn a lot by trying to <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to work with the way you look at it honestly I I mean I'm I'm happy to be a case study, but I think that it's not. <laughs> I I think the and and I've seen people play RPGs in ways that they're intended to be played, and I I see that there's a lot of depth and a lot of interest uh, in ways that like are things that just don't personally appeal to me. Like people really do like to like you're talking about interact with people, hear their stories, mm -hmm. like see the different ways you can go about choices and stuff. And I that just isn't what I want in a game. And so I, I think like there's a there there needs to be a lot more. Uh, I mean like obviously we probably all of us have seen the H bomber guy video on New Vegas. Like there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot more of that that needs to happen where surprises and dialogue and well thought out hmm. uh, you know blending of people's wants and desires and seeing like how multiple people could have like the same goal but have way different approaches to getting to it and that could be interesting. Like, uh, H. Bomber guy does put it in a way that makes it seem as if the game is just very explicit about everything. It's so difficult to get to the conclusions he gets to. It oh, both, sure. Both but, yeah. but that shows that he's played a lot of it. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, 
I, RPGs are not games I would ever replay. They're not games that ever invoke a sense of like, wow, that was great. They're always games I walk away from going, holy shit, I invested how much time in that? Oh my God. <laughs> like, I... I've played I, like I've played almost more. I've almost played more time in Hades than I've put into Cyberpunk. <laughs> I can't. I can't fucking tell you a single person's name uh, outside of like three people from Cyberpunk. Oh, I thought you but meant Hades. So I'm like, no, no. But you I knew most of their names everything. before you started. I thought. Yeah, I know. Not only do I know their names before I started, I now know like everything about these people in Hades. I talk to them every <laughs> chance I get. I always go for more dialogue options. I'm interested. I'm engaged. Like, but there's a difference. There, it, it has. It's a game with a very clear goal: get the hell out. And you go like, all right, I'll get the hell out. There's a real inelegance like, and awkwardness to a lot of, a lot of the Hades. Uh, the cyberpunk storyline that's frustrating like i just cyberpunk finished almost doesn't want you to know people it wants you to like just keep going and not look back and i'm like aren't these people important and it's like no no no, just keep moving and i'm like right. i do notice a particular through line where like you you finish the storyline of a particular character and they just like vanish into the ether and they send you a text message <laughs> yeah. every now and then about like the stuff they're seeing on their like sightseeing outside of, of night city like, I have multiple characters that are sending me fucking, like, social media posts so that are just, like, shallowly, like, here's a picture of a place I went to. Anyway, bye. I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> this is this is what they amount to in the end? I'm, I'm confused. And the uh, <laughs> the characterization in the story can be really weird. Like, if, like I uh, there's a storyline that the comments have given context to where... The final mission, I guess, is supposed to be the romance mission, but it's a romance mission that's only a romance mission if you are the right gender. So otherwise, it's just like yeah. a really weird, like, Friendship, it's, yeah. it's just a weird nostalgic, like, spending time with this person mission, and then they leave forever. Yep. And I know it's really, it's really awkward that. and strange if you're not the right type of character. But it's even made more awkward and strange by the fact that depending on how the previous mission played out, they might have been just like, I need some time. I can't believe that happened that way. Because you, like, maybe killed someone that they cared about and knew for a long time, even if it was that person's fault. And, like, having it be immediately... Uh, there was so much whiplash here because, like, you had just dealt... Th this big thing had just happened that might have been, like, a permanent like damage to your relationship with this person but their very next interaction is this like you're the closest person to them in the entire world kind of mission and there's no in between there's no, there's no buffer of like other stuff happening in between it's like the next quest with that character which happens literally the next day uh and it's just incredibly strange this whiplash of like like they like they they also, everyone wants revenge, so it's like it's hard to keep track of everyone's characters <laughs> yeah. because they all have the same storyline, which is that they all are on a revenge mission. Like every side character is on a revenge mission, to the point where like you're you go down down like obscure side paths of like, oh wow, we're gonna do a series of racing missions with this one trans uh, engineer character that's also a bartender. What, what's gonna happen? She has she wants revenge. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you get like four, get like four races deep, and then that she reve she reveals suddenly the revenge plot that's actually the story, and you're like, God damn it! Why does everyone want revenge? It's like The Last yeah. of Us, but without any of the emotion in it, because like because <laughs> like it's because like Last of Us Two was an entire game about revenge, but this one is like secretly a game about revenge, but not really doing anything with it so far. Uh, 
But yeah, there's like a lot of like the characterization can be really weak on some of these people because yeah, you have this this whiplash of like like we're on this big mission to liberate this group of people from this t thing that's happening to I can't believe you killed that person. I'm gonna need some time to let's go on a nostalgic scuba diving trip together and where I confess you're the most important person in the in the world to me at this point to anyway I'm leaving bye <laughs> like they're all like subsequent beats and I'm like I can't handle this and meanwhile at the same time I'm like commenting on like and people are like what are you it's like what do the game have to tell you it's bad or something but it's like this mission takes place in like you scuba diving into a town that was forced to evacuate and then they just drowned it like it's one of those situations yeah. like an like an under lake mm -hmm. town and it's like oh that's an interesting location i wish there had been even a plot about it like this is like a fucked up like capitalism like this this is them ripping you out of your home and taking your home from you ignoring your protests and just taking an entire place from you this bizarre aspect of like there's a place you grew up in and you can never return to it and it's like that's that's weird like no almost nobody has that experience where the place that they grew up in is gone like literally gone and not just like the building is gone but like the area is gone is like an incredibly specific and strange thing and it's like, okay, I, I, I wish this protagonist, I, I wish this particular side character's campaign had been about this, maybe, instead of it being like a one note, like, set piece in the middle of their finale or whatever, that's like, essentially an epilogue where their story's over. But also, like, you don't get to be engaged in the story of what happened to that town, because it's all in the past. So there's no, like, you don't get to be part of their struggles or, like, interact with that, that storyline, because you don't get to see it play out. But also, like, the quest dealing with it is just, like, it just kind of puts it there. Like, yeah, there's the, this drowned the town. Didn't even this, one, this one person sad about it. The end. <laughs> the That's quest didn't even address the elephant in the room where you, uh, like, read her thoughts. Doesn't yeah. It? It never, it never gets addressed. It's like this. I thought it was where the quest was going. Like, yeah, oh, you can read my thoughts. Oh no, I'm dying or something or revenge. But no, no, just oh, forget about that. No, That's the fine. game Goodbye. can't. They actually, if you, the game gives you such conflicting information, you can't even tell whether or not you're supposed to be reading her thoughts or not. Because from moment to There's moment, so it books. sounds intentional versus not intentional. It, it, it's, it's so fucking weird. So such strange things happened in that game. But yeah, like people, but, mm -hmm. but, I, but I talked about it like, like, wow, this really is like a cyberpunk game that's just like not dealing with cyberpunk themes. Like it's not really going anywhere with it. It's using it as like a backdrop at best or an aesthetic. And it's disappointing. And at, at that point I was like, <clears throat> I'm like X number of dozens of hours into the game. I feel like I can confidently say like this game is kind of under utilizing its setting and mostly just telling really mundane stories that just happen to exist in that thing. And some people had some thoughtful things like, well, it's because the people in, in a system don't actively grapple with the problems of that system necessarily no, no, no. because that's people... That's what Outer Worlds does. Not not Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk doesn't do that. No, no. Yeah. Outer Worlds does that. Well, I mean, I'm saying, I was saying like that's an argument that... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's an argument yeah. that was posed in the comments was the idea that like, oh, it's because I'm, people I'm don't act to earn. To the, yeah. People are like not usually conscious of the problems or whatever. But it's like, no, because if, a, if this game was handled properly, it would at least be having all of your characters actively grappling with those problems even if they don't understand what the problems are or how to fix them it would be affecting them in obvious ways even if they don't have like the 
like vocabulary and like 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 class consciousness to be discussing it and so on like you don't really have at least so far because obviously i'm still midway through the game there is not like so far a main character in your like let's call it your party i guess your roster of side characters you, you do entire quests with the kind of people that get a letter on the map in gta <laughs> like in gta 4 <laughs> it's like ah, oh, that's a t for Nico, that one character and a c for that one character Th that's your party i guess uh there's no party member that's like suffering from cybernetic rejection like there's no there's no one there's not somebody that like i like where is that character that has is like suffering from these like like psychopathic or suicidal like intrusive thoughts that are caused by their implant rejection i, that I guess been, you could that, say which is apparently what a cyber psycho is like where I, or for that matter where is a cyber psycho character hmm just one like i haven't met <laughs> one yet you could like, say you could say that it isn't the the characters that can't know how, or don't know how to grapple with the themes. It's the developers. Yeah, like ah! we we can't deal with how the society dehumanizes this entire group of people if the game dehumanizes them. Like yeah. you just hunt them down that, like dogs. That was dogs, the whole problem. And that's it. That was it. exactly you the win. whole problem with the with the trans character or the trans uh, person in the that advertising before the game released. That's the whole problem. What you're saying right now is... Is that she's just a poster and not a person. Yeah, the game, the developers were doing what supposedly the setting does, which is exploit trans bodies for marketing. That's literally what the developers yeah. did. That was <laughs> and, a, that is a incredibly iffy thing, is that, like, I had, a whole, I had a whole rant about that poster, and that poster was about it in the context of the game, as existing as an art asset in the game exclusively. But the fact mm -hmm. that they use that poster to advertise the game it means that they're just doing it the same. They're just doing the same thing that the, the people in yeah. the game are doing, which is using it as yes. advertising, Absolutely. which really kills the idea that they're aware enough to even be criticizing any of these things. And so yeah, it's like it's, it's like people, the other because like that the person was like, that was like oh people within the systems don't necessarily actively be aware of the problems that their systems are and so on, that was a more thoughtful attempt at a response. The other the other shitty response was just like what does the game have to tell you that the underwater that the city being drowned is bad? And it's like no, it's the fact that like they're not we're not interrogating this at all, like it's just a setting. Like you just look at it and for also, a moment, and they don't—you don't even discuss it. In fact, your protagonist also, is yes. so bored. He's like, his most thoughtful thing is, oh, "That sucks." That's all he but says. All, the yeah. thing That's is, the best he has. But, also, but the thing is, the game does have to tell you that. It just doesn't have to tell you with words. The game can tell you with with like juxtaposition of things, or or just sort of like like repeated themes. There's so many ways to tell a story. You don't need to say it out loud. And and when you're talking about satire specifically, you definitely don't say it out loud. You know what I mean? I'm just, it, I'm just I, I keep I keep waiting for the game to remember it's a cyberpunk game and like do stuff with that. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like cyberpunk. Uh, I don't think cyberpunk. I don't think CD Projekt Red understood cyberpunk before they went in to write about cyberpunk. I think they went in like, wow, which was my really fear cool. from day one. Yeah, they were like, this yeah. is a really cool place to build a story around, but they don't realize that like that's the story. <clears throat> The place is the story like ghost in the shell doesn't work unless it takes place in a like uh a cyberpunk setting like uh uh yeah what's it called um yeah Me uh, uh, mega mega city megatropolis uh mega tokyo or something mega like tokyo, that that's the one. um yeah but yeah uh, it's like the, the idea is that you have to like these characters their motivations they're like 
their problems, they all stem from the world they live in. It's not like they're not people with, oh, these are relatable issues no matter what generation. It's like, no, like the world they live in is usually what pushes them to be in the problems that they're they're dealing with. Like having somebody, yeah, like meeting a character who can have their entire memory wiped uh, and like be used like a toy and then basically like kill themselves. is like, yeah, that's pretty brutal because that's the like a world lets that kind of thing happen. And we should go in depth with that. And it's like, or hear me it's out. Like, or we can we just can establish just, that premise yeah. and then move on. Yeah, or we could just ignore always it, it and move on now. And it's like, well, what? This is a really interesting angle. Like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the problems here. And it's like, no, this person's sad about it, though. And it's like, that's that doesn't mean anything. Like, I anybody could be sad about a thing. But, like, I want to know, like, what... Why well, like, do they where, where's our, this? Where is our, like, like very heavily focused on character that gets, like, a 10-quest side story who, like, is being hunted because they witnessed something, but they don't know what they witnessed because their memory was wiped because that's how their, like, the, the doll thing works in the first place. Like, where's any story that really particularly deals with that? The one main doll character we know just unrelatedly got hacked and like that's the bad thing that happened to her like it, it like they doesn't deal with like they set up that she's a doll and they set up this mechanic with the dolls and you have that like kind of neat scene when where you have a where you're with a doll and kind of like a therapy session and stuff about your like how you're dying and stuff and that's like one of the better scenes in the game but then the doll you're actually there to deal with and find out what happened to her and everything mm -hmm. like she was just hacked like somebody did somebody brain hacked her like just at random like what could have happened when she was just like in the street and it's like, that's not related to the setting that we just established. Like, that's not, you didn't go do anything with the whole doll thing we just, we established. And then the, the whole doll storyline just becomes about, like, that set with, with a separate character, the doll storyline of that exact location just becomes about liberating them and giving them more, like, like, literally just like unalienating their, their labor, essentially. But that has nothing to do with the premise of what the dolls are. Like they just they they just establish the neat idea and how fucked up it can be. But they don't actually like explore it even for a moment, really. At least so far. And I'm like, what? It's up there with the cyber psychos, also... where they just like they they like the mechanically the cyber like the game refuses to let cyber psychos be unique or interesting and special, which is weird. It's super weird because like every time. You deal with the cyber psycho. There's a bunch of notes on the ground that all explain the unique situation of like what exactly was wrong with this person, where they fell into with the wrong people, or they got a bad uh, implant, or somebody conned them in this way or that way, or something tragic happened that sent them over the edge and they snapped. And there's like there's like a hundred reasons they're they're quote unquote cyber psychos. And that leads you to think that like cyber psychosis is this massively divergent thing within there might be a bunch of different solutions for how to deal with them. And surely you should be able to talk some of these people down. But no, it's, they're dealt with in an entirely like JRPG anime sort of way where they've like they've gone hollow or they've gone. I don't know, whatever the fuck the like Tales of Berseria thing I think was where they just like, oh, crap, they had an evil thought that was really hard so they turned into it from a human into an evil <laughs> demon you have to defeat now like that's the cyber psychos like all of like at the end of the day it's you have to choose to go out of your way to care about the stupid documents that are lying around that try to give context to the mission because at the end of the day it's just like 20 of the same mission over and over again 
there's just a boss fight standing in an alleyway somewhere and you beat it and then you walk away and the guy and the person's like thank you or you can execute them when they're down because they're unkillable unless you specifically choose to execute them afterwards and they're like wait you killed them i thought we had a deal and that's it that's the whole quest all of the background and unique b fucking butterfly shit about how special each one of them is and all their sad stories the game doesn't give a shit about those they're all the same cyber psycho over and over again they're all just as violent they're all completely impossible to reason with you don't even get to talk to them you don't even get like a moment of talking to a person that's like unhinged and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this and you're not sure if and if you'll ever be able to like just there's no moment there's no there's no tense deus ex human revolution like interrogation scenes where you don't know if there even is a win state or whether you're doing good or bad but you're just trying to get through this conversation like no you can't even talk to them they just attack you you shoot them down they wordlessly collapse and then you they get thanked for your good job and it's like they, they, it's like it's almost insulting when you then read the documents scattered around the environment and retroactively get context for the boss fight and be like no this fight totally this boss fight that was just like all the other ones was totally special and it was actually about this for some reason like it's like it's it's wasted effort i'm so bad that reminds this game. me that reminds me of one of my favorite characters in Shadowrun hong kong who is a, a btl addict which is sort of more or less the same thing and uh, she has an amazing storyline, and she stays still throughout the whole game. You're just, she's just staying in her corner. You go there and talk to her and make choices. But she has such an amazing storyline that explores precisely the motivations of somebody who is not only an addict, but also a victim of, of the, the people selling the BTLs. Um, obviously, Cyber Psychos are a little bit different than that, but still, there's so many interesting stories to tell precisely on people who have such a different background from the player and from the people playing the game even. When I say player, I mean the player character. It's like, I, I it, yeah, it's the cyber cycles are also. I, I noticed that. <laughs> it's, also, it's, also, it's, the, it's a really the, fucked up thing. Like, if 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 you want to be like, because <clears throat> they're they're just they're just they're just they're just repeating and projecting the structure they put on Witcher Three. And in Witcher 3, it was like, oh, it's a Necrit or whatever, a horrible corpse monster that eats corpses and <clears> is like an undead nightmare monster. And there's like a bunch of them populating this area as random as encounters that are like not random encounters. They are unique encounters, but they're also not that impactful. And you get a reward and then you move on. But in this case, they like used people with mental health problems. And it's like, that's yeah. fucking horrifying to just like... That's how, yeah replace the necrids with like people that have ptsd <laughs> like that's not that's not one-to-one -one. you can't just fucking do that casually like that's really horrifying yeah it's because on top of like yeah you're, you're dehumanizing those characters explicitly mm -hmm. don't do but, that and the dolls the dolls as well the the whole the whole premise is such a it's so interesting i think it's also so central to cyberpunk as a setting the the male, malleability of of consciousness and and just how it can be removed from your body or your body from your consciousness and all that sort of stuff like that's even more or less the central point of the game in a way although not it, really it's like a moment uh, where they suddenly touch upon the idea of like that guy that's being uh, activated as like a insurgent agent in ghost in the shell like his entire history yeah, is just the shell, yeah. made up, but except on like Ghost in the Shell, they just do nothing with it. <laughs> on you mean on Cyberpunk? Yeah, I said yeah. I said unlike Ghost in the Shell, they do nothing with it. Oh right, right, yes, yeah. It's yeah, it's but I don't why. 
Is it like cuz the thing is for you need to think about how they developed the game. And it's not the same people doing the side side quests as the people doing the main quests. It can't be, right? It's a game made like in a, 2 years. A box with no windows and no access to the internet. Like, what <laughs> the hell? How did you not know what you were doing when you wrote this? There is this no, like yeah, I, there is this it, feeling of like uh like Mass Effect Andromeda was just like they made, it's like this giant map full of like modular content where like any random programmer on the staff can just like insert another quest essentially. Yeah. So they have nothing to do with each other but also like they're all made in a vacuum and there is there isn't really like an overall like theme to everything which is why it's so yeah. which is so what's so frustrating specifically because of course like Mass Effect 1, for example, each planet was very much like here's the central through line for that all the sub all the side quests are related to. And there was like everything felt more cohesive. And yeah, like it's much like that, like Cyberpunk just feels like a massive list of unrelated pieces of content. And you they're so modular and nonsensical that I'll literally like stumble into another quest while I'm trying to do uh, my first quest. And I'm like, fuck it, I'll just do it. And I like I headshot the guy in the building. That's the guy you're supposed to shoot, apparently. And I just got a thank you. And I'm like, I didn't even fucking try. I didn't even pay attention to what that quest was. <laughs> you just fucking were like, hey, can you shoot that guy? I'm like, sure. Pew, one shot, one kill. Back to what I was doing a second ago. Wow, you did the whole quest. It's like, wow, content. <laughs> That's literally happened. Yeah. Like last time I was playing, I was like, I just like stumbled into a warehouse that was not my objective on accident. And they're like, can you help me get that guy? And I literally just aimed across the warehouse to the office, shot the, the guy that was running the place and won. The way they deliver those quests is so awkward, though. Like, they shouldn't... Why don't they just call and give you a quest? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's completely bizarre that, like... They uh, they want every you, quest to be given to you by your fixer. Because that's, like, the aesthetic of cyberpunk and everything. But they just decided, I guess, not to have you, like, go visit your fixer. But also, they wanted to not have it be, like, your fixer randomly calling you about quests, and then you go do the quest that was randomly given to you. So instead, every single quest in the game preemptively exists on the map, and when you walk near it, your fixer spontaneously calls you coincidentally about the quest that you happen to be standing right outside the gate of. So then you awkwardly stare, stand outside the gate, staring at the person you're probably about to murder, while the person on the phone explains to you why you should murder that person, and then you murder yeah. them. And it's like, what the fuck is this game's structure? And most baffling it's of so all weird. is that every time you enter a district of town, you immediately magically get called on the phone by a person you've never met before that is there to be your fixer for that entire region. And it's like, all they had to do was have you unlock each region one by one by visiting the fixer. Like, you could have just visited each of them because they're all, each of them is on the map, bizarrely. And I, I, I could keep, every now and then I meet one of them on accident. I'm like, oh, there they are. And it's like, why didn't I just meet them first like a f fucking person does? But this is like even an RPG. Yeah. God but this is it. even further muddled by the fact that they had a time skip. So you as V, like, especially if you're a nomad, you were from outside the town, then introduced yourself to the town. And then there's a six month montage. So they could have literally just been like, oh, these are the fixers you already know. But they all introduced themselves for the first time, and it's like, but I've been here for six months doing contract work. Who was I doing contract work with if I don't know any of the fixers? Why did they all introduce themselves to me on the same day, six months after I got here? <laughs> it this doesn't driving it feel me like insane. it's a game made by, by completely different people that don't talk to each other. It's like somebody did the, all the fixer quests. Other person did the main intro of the game. 
I frequently it's, can't tell what they were going for. I'm, I, and they couldn't so fix it because they restarted. They restarted the development like in 2018. That's why it's all <laughs> rushed. I don't even. I don't know how this happens. And the time skips. I think the time skips have to be there, or they're not have to be there. But like, I think they came up with that solution for problems that exist because the game is first person. Because in a first person game, a fade to black is more awkward. And also, like, what's telling me that is that the way when you skip a dialogue line, it does that little janky thing of time skip. And I don't understand why that, why they felt the need to do that. Because we've had RPGs for years and years and years where you literally stop the person from talking when you click the button and just talk. They stop. They don't talk more. And they, they I'm, I'm sure they looked at that and they said, we don't want that in our game. Let's make it look cool. And that type skips it is even in dialogue mode. And it's super awkward and weird. It is like a weird little like effect every time you skip ahead because they don't want to have like their animations skip. And it's like, that's adorable. That's adorable <laughs> that you thought that this game was going to be seamlessly animated in all the other contexts. <laughs> that's so, like, that's so we, better, true. we better not have a weird little animation skip during conversations when people skip dialogue <laughs> when they literally know they're doing it and they should expect it. <laughs> Well, like yeah the rest of the game is endlessly full of hilariously broken animations and like you skipping dialogue is often you skipping between moments of broken animations yeah and, exactly like, not just the rest of the game the dialogues themselves yeah <laughs> oh my gosh oh but it's it it's just uh, it's oh just, and that's uh, that's the other thing the dialogues don't have dialogue trees like normal they work more more or less like a conversation did you notice that as well or or if I'm not being paying correct attention, like do you know even in Witcher Three how there's a lot of characters that you just go up to them and say um, things that you maybe already said, um, like there's dialogue trees where you ask for directions and stuff. There's yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue trees in Witcher Three from what I remember. It's mostly just the whatever they're. It's CD Projekt Red's dialogue style that is basically just there is a mostly linear conversation that will play. And in order to get yeah. to the next stage of the linear conversation, you pick the gold option. And you pick the, if you pick the, the the gray options, then it's like, or blue now, I think, in this in this game's case. Mm -hmm. uh, it does like the little cul-de-sac dialogue where it's like, here's a little side tangent you can do. And if you click on this, it'll immediately take you back to the, no. the, 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 uh, tr this thing you, the place you were at before you clicked oh. on it. Oh, he does that. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, what I'm saying is I, I might be... Mis it's been a while since I played The Witcher 3, but it happens a lot in RPGs where you open, a, you, you open a character effectively, you talk to them, and then you have four or five options that are completely unrelated to each other, and then you to ask, oh, what, what's going on in the town? Or what, what's up with you? Or where can I get a drink? And those are unrelated, but what happens is you click them, and they say something, and then you answer something to that, and there's that's what I'm saying in dialogue trees. Uh, I think it might be... I, I might be mistaken about cyberpunk because a lot of it I just listen to instead of watching. Um, but um, is there a lot of that where that happens? Because the dialogues are very focused a lot of the time. There's no very rarely do you get to have expansive conversations with characters. It's usually like a, a meandering path through choices. And I think The Witcher 3 doesn't do that. Certainly well, The Witcher 1. Usually a tree suggests that there's like a bunch of branching paths that will take you somewhere. But, but in in cyber no in cyberpunk the there's top. just the gold options which will take you to the next yeah. stage of the conversation and it's usually in many cases it's one option so it's just the continue conversation yeah, yeah. button and then there's a bunch of blue yeah. options and what those will do is if you click on them 
you will just play that completely isolated piece of dialogue, which is in the context of wherever you are in the conversation right now, mm -hmm. but it mm -hmm. won't go anywhere. So it'll take you back to the same menu you were just in the moment it finishes playing. Uh, I see. What so you're, uh, that, yeah. those are those yeah. are, those are basically like get the full context dialogue options followed by the get me through this conversation option. So you can blitz. Yeah. You can get through the conversation faster by only picking gold, or you can get the long version by picking blues along the way. But it's not really like a tree that's going anywhere with choices, and entire conversations often have mm -hmm. functionally no choices in a very Fallout Four kind of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got that impression as well. Cyberpunk is not that. Like the dialogue choice, like the quote unquote choices are often like continue conversation or continue conversation snarky. <laughs> yeah, like, and I, I hate, I hate how dumb snarky your character is too. Like, it's not even a good snarky. It's like a cringy, uh, in uh, like a ignorant snarky where you're like saying things that are completely stupid and like, com and like out of character for someone aware, like someone that involved in the story. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Are you all right, V? Do you not? Were you not paying attention to the story? Like mm -hmm. they, they, it's weird. Some of the snarky answers are like, what are they gonna do to that? And it's like, yeah, V, they just did that. What the fuck? Were you not here a second ago? What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, well, all right. I get I the impression. There are weird moments uh, of broken kind of dialogue where I, th I think sometimes he says something really stupid because they put the dialogue in the wrong place. Like a, a good example oh, was like there was I a part where I got a hostage or something or an, a VIP that I was supposed to get a hold of on behalf of was it Takamura? Is that his name? Yeah, I've, I haven't interacted with him very much. And uh, you call him on the phone immediately and he's like, cool, stay there. Don't go anywhere. I'll come to you. And then you proceed to immediately leave and go to a different location to wait for him. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> And then you had a then you have a completely private conversation with the VIP before before Takamura arrives, and so, like, I'm it's like why did why surely to make this dialogue make sense you would just you get the VIP you escort him to the you 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 basically kidnap him you take him to this uh this motel room that you're keeping him in you have your private conversation you want to get in first about about v's in, incentive here and his and what he's trying to get done here then when you're done with that you call takamura and he's you're like yeah i got the guy he's like cool stay there i'll come to you and then time skip to him arriving that's what makes sense but instead, you call him immediately. He says that. You then leave and go to a new location and never tell him about the new location. Then have your private conversation. And then he arrives anyway. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, there's, there's entire quests where I feel like they just, like, dropped it on the ground. And, like, fuck, we already assembled the dialogue. Uh, we'll just try to make it work. And then, like, we already have the lines recorded. And that, But then they also do a bad job at that. And they just, like, things are just in the wrong places on a regular basis. And I'm like, I don't... I don't think this is what you you were going for. I don't I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. happening, but it's not what should be happening. Could you <laughs> could you maybe fix that? It's I think it, RPGs are sus specifically susceptible to that problems like those when they're rushed. Like um like for example, one way the uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 does it with the, all the rushed content, you can tell. You can tell that some of it is just missing even with the restoration mod is that they have so in the game 
they have robots and aliens that have the little they don't actually say anything you need to read the subtitles they're they're going like oh yeah. you know, you, you, know hear, you, hear, you hear the same dialogue loops over and over yeah, and over it's very annoying <laughs> but the way they do it is they uh, whenever there's parts of quests that are either re have to be reworked or something like that they just make it be aliens talking to each other or you talking to aliens so they don't have they to can make the them lines. say anything <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's they often, do that all, yeah, it's often when a lot of the exposition can get done sometimes because they don't have to they don't have to record it. So they can to record, have yeah, exactly. it be expansive as possible and just deal with the fact that you're in here chota manda pidopindo over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's or, exactly how they say or, it. Or whatever the little like sing song lines that the Twilight can in particular say, like they're you <laughs> Dun, dun, Mickey. <laughs> like yeah, you hear them so the many one. times that there's like specific ones <laughs> that you keep hearing over and over again and you're like I can't is it gonna slowly burrow their way into my brain or what yeah. Wait, what the, the this is KOTOR 1 all uh, the aliens speak the, the alien language but it's mostly just like about th about like two minutes of overall voice lines just looping so so you just hear the same ones, and for the the Twi'leks in particular, there's certain ones that are really funny sounding or really memorable. <laughs> so when they keep yeah. looping, you're like, "Oh, the Mickey!" <laughs> it's like, "God damn it!" Yeah, in the, in Kotor two, the robots do the same as well, a lot more than in the first game. The the thing that really weirded me out and still does, and and I still don't understand it. Uh, and honestly, maybe they wouldn't do it if it were today. Is in Kotor two, there's at least one planet where this happens. It's the first one that I'm visiting. I, I haven't played the game in. 10 years uh where all the aliens say those lines they're like and then you see the subtitles and then the subtitles are all in broken english and i don't understand why that is <laughs> or it is kind of like un unhelpful subtitles maybe the suggestion is that that's the best you could understand of it like in no, universe you don't understand no you no i think the suggestion is that they don't know how to speak very good english or but they're not speaking that, English. Exactly. Exactly. Or basic for that matter. <laughs> and, and and there's even one character that doesn't say that. And I didn't realize that they were say, speaking normally. Uh, and then there's an option where you can say, oh, you're very... Um, what's the racist trope oh, that no. you say? Oh, no. Don't yes, call them do articulate. That. Yes, you're very articulate for a Twi'lek or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they say that literally. And I'm like, oh, my freaking God. It's, and they, it's, it's oh, bad. Yeah. and the game doesn't does the game not know what it said the game doesn't know no but it's also not a big oh. theme so it's just like uh, there you go concern concern but yes. you know it's, mm. <laughs> nobody's is perfect because that, that is a fun thing you could do is have have the translation be broken and then you have like a language skill you're building up and then the better you get at that the more you actually start to understand what the fuck people are saying <laughs> but that Which, would require thought and people will actually be yeah. concerned about people with uh, that sounds like the yeah. kind of shit that like i divine cybermancy would do yeah that well it's, seems it's, it's a lot it's very common it's very common for the sort of tropes as it were because at the at the root of it is just that you think or it's not it's not i'm, I'm sort of exaggerating but at the, root, at the root of it is that people who don't speak the native language are not as evolved as the ones that do and that happens in alien space and sci-fi to a, the, the in an easier aspect. way. That, yeah, it, it happens there, I think, in an easier way than it does in real life. Because in real life, you're immediately aware that what you're saying uh, is, is ba very you bad. You think, but I'm playing, Call of, I'm playing Call of the Sea and the protagonist is constantly like, technology, but they're savages, like every five She's minutes. Very, 
she is very white in that game. <laughs> she comes across ver- as as that very early in the game. I noticed that as well. She's the leading embodiment of that. Technology, but they're savages is like my favorite line ever. I think no, that's she, she's I like she's think... like the living embodiment of the Quentin Reviews shirt. Aliens don't like white people. <laughs> Have you seen that? Like the premise, yeah. like white people always. Whenever anything impressive was done by any other society. The implication is that they always assume, they always assume like, wow, aliens did this aliens, somehow because yeah. humans could have never done this because white people didn't do it, which means humans could have never done it back then. It's impossible. Think, so aliens did it, which increasingly paints this narrative that aliens just loved everyone on the planet except white except people. White people. <laughs> like everyone else was just bros with them. So at least. <laughs> I love the idea too. I love the it's, idea that we're we're over here having a good time, sipping our tea and enjoying our motor cars, and like Egyptians are just having a fucking baller time, hanging out with space aliens, doing cool things, and like building structures that last through time and mortem. And in, uh, meanwhile, white people are just ignorant, never knowing the, <laughs> the interesting Not truths. Even... Like they don't know any of the interesting truths of the cosmos. Yeah, and that, they like, don't even. The first <laughs> white person bathe. met an alien and was like, "Wow, you're so articulate!" And then they never came back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Wow, I can't what? believe you guys have technology. Who get who gave that to you? Aliens? <laughs> it's like we're what we're aliens. It's like what? <laughs> I think in the Gull of the Sea, it's. I might be wrong, but I think it's done on purpose. It's. I think it's conscious that they do it like that. She's like consistently racist, no, not I... racist as in necessarily. Like she also, she's she sounds like a person of her time, and that's why I think. And a obviously, person of racist. her time, it, obviously <laughs> racist. But I, I, but that's also a, that's an excuse I don't like either. Like, no, no, uh, I'm but... saying what I'm saying is that like it's it's in the 30s. Like there's a certain. I think it's I, I think it's on purpose. I, I don't know. It feels like it is because it's like it's consistent. She does that every not every time, but a lot, doesn't I mean, she? You can be, you can be consistent. You can be a racist piece of shit back in a time where being a racist piece of shit wasn't frowned upon. Like that no, no, yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not saying that what she's saying, <coughs> the way she looks at the world, is correct. I'm just saying, from an artistic perspective, I think that the writers were aware, is what I'm saying. It's I think like, a lot, yeah, of, I think I, a lot but... of writers for love, modern Lovecraft adaptations struggle <clears throat> with the fact that, like, the racism's baked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're telling yeah. the fish people story, which inherently involves yeah. the idea that some, like, there's a genetic component, that somebody was born, that they're going to become this fish person. Like, you can either, either they're going to be, like, the enlightened super race fish people, and the, and it's, and, and they're special, or it's going to be like they're an inferior bloodline and why this is happening. And this is all the, a result of interbreeding with evil immigrants and stuff like that. Like there's almost no yeah. asp- way to spin the story that isn't distressing in its roots. And and, and you ha- uh, you said uh, on camera that you haven't read the original books. I, I've read the most important ones. They're not that big, the most important ones. Uh, they're like 100 pages, the, all the things. And it's so obvious in the writing that... That, you know, all the themes are there for you to see that it's like, it's not even the themes. Like he, he says, he says all the, like, he puts it all into words, like really bad shit that like the one in particular that I remember is one that uh, there's an expedition that finds an island in the middle of the, the trop. I think it's like in the, in Florida or somewhere in the Mississippi or something. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just all there. Just the, you know, it's the, the whole, 
the whole racist tropes from from Birth of a Nation sort of thing. It's all there, and uh, it's just it, like it it spreads into the rest of the themes. So for them, for obviously, I I'm not I haven't written anything uh, in, in the lore, so I don't know how hard it must be, but I can understand that anybody writing in Cthulhu style is gonna have to. You need to be aware, at least. Like, if you don't, if you're not aware, you're just gonna fall into the pitfalls and just be like, "Oh, I was accidentally racist all of a sudden," because it's just there. You know, it's it's as you say, it's baked in. Yeah, it's no, easier just to it's, call out in the beginning. Like, it's deeply. Fr- it's up there with. The, way, it's yeah. up there with the. Uh, I've I've had a, a <clears throat> series of different frustrating people lately. One is like the people that pretend that. Uh, in some cases, they're the same people. Because <laughs> uh, I like I had one person that was simultaneously doing the like. Outer Worlds isn't about capitalism because stupid things that don't make sense, the baffling shit. It's like, uh, and then I think the same person was also like, how dare you slander Jordan Peterson by claiming he's transphobic, which is I'm like, I have you paid any attention to the entire reason anyone knows he exists? Because no, that's he's... likely the same people yeah. that say that, uh, and then, you, and then you have like the, and all that. Yeah. And you have the fucking people yeah. that it's like inherent they they concentrate to rehabilitate and pretend that lovecraft was never racist and it's like i he was racist by the standards of his time yeah he was even racist he was even unusually racist and his stories are are full full of racist themes explicitly but also just explicit horrible things just being said was it uh yeah i I found the tweet i was looking for because it's uh uh campster slash errant signal he's like he's like me reading color out of space you know for lovecraft this is pretty light on the overt racism and then he reaches the end he's like ah there it is and the quote is like they say the mental influences are very bad too numbers went queer in the years after nahum's taking and always they lacked the power to get away then the stronger minded folk all left the region and only the foreigners tried to live in the crumbling old homesteads. It's like, what the fuck? It's, it's that's ambiguous. not even as bad as that's not even as bad as the ones I remember. No, more, or the name of his cat. <laughs> oh right, his cat. Well, of course. <laughs> there's a lot of way worse stuff. But it's cat? like wait, what's his cat? Like, yeah, there's no, worse, I, we can't yeah. say it. <laughs> no, it's better not. It's that bad. No, I've been quoting his name is that cat bad that we can't slur? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, props a, yeah. to him, I guess. It's really impressive that you're willing to be that racist. Oh, yeah. He got notoriety right. around people who, like, other writers that were friends with him. They were aware of how bad he was. Like, there's there's letters and things about, like, he said his wife, uh, I believe, his, uh, I think his wife was Jewish. I'm not sure. Or one of his wives. And um, he apparently publicly said that she was a well-adapted Jew. Which I, uh, what? Which which is like says everything, but it's also I, I like I'm saying this, but I am I'm pretty sure it's like a really How bad thing like... to say because it's connected <clears throat> with other tropes that I'm not fully aware of as as me being a white person that fuck? doesn't know much about this. I feel like I'd push that guy down a fucking like sewer drain if I met him. Yeah. Like what the yeah. hell? How do you like? How do you endure that kind of person? Like, but also well, he's, same, he's, well. he's a really good writer. It's like, yeah, but I don't really <laughs> care. Like, I, I think we can find a better writer by, like, not having him exist. <laughs> like, like, we could probably just it's, find a, yeah, like, holy crap. Yeah. What do you do, like, if you want to fucking pet the cat? You can't even call its fucking name. Otherwise, you're racist, too. 
What a shitty person. Why would you do that? That's infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's this? You sure what? That's existed. the name of the cat? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? Come on. Uh. Yeah. Dude, I would have like yeeted deleted this guy out of fucking window. Oh my god. What the hell? Come on. You can't like you can't hiss you can't like put a paint of history over this fucking guy. Well, people will try. I certainly hope to see promiscuous uh see promiscuous immigration permanently curtailed soon. Heaven knows enough harm has already been done by the admission of limitless hordes of the ignorant, superstitious, and biologically inferior scum of Southern Europe and Western Asia. That's just, yep. just he just wrote that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's a thing he wrote. <laughs> Jesus fucking it's, Christ. It, he was in, like in all of his racism. He was already 30 years late <laughs> to the party. So people were already past that. People, other intellectuals like phrenology. Phrenology was already way past its time. And he was still obsessed with it. Like this is the 30s that we're talking about. Wait Immediately. a second. His fucking the caddy named that ran away. <laughs> <laughs> He said he, he, he named yeah, it that in 1899 and it disappeared in 1904. What? 18, oh, 1899. <laughs> His cat ran away. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> His cat ran away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh he also God. is from Rhode the Island. The population of New York City is a mongrel herd of repulsive mongoloid Jews in a visible majority. And the coarse faces and bad manners Wait, eventually come to wear on one, one so unbearably that one feels like punching every goddamn bastard in sight. What was... That's the one I was thinking of. HP Lovecraft. That's real bad. Wait, that's what was real Famously bad, not racist, just misunderstood. HP Lovecraft nope. is a... <laughs> Born in Providence, Rhode Island? Motherfucker, the, you're a mongrel. The Get the hell out! here you ain't no purebred what the fuck is this shit <laughs> it isn't is a, it is a, like really racist anyway like, not, like not everybody but isn't that the place that it was called plantations what? or something up until it's, recently? It's, uh, how do you how do you have a high horse when you were born in the united fucking states get the hell out of here you ain't fancy but it, it is a mistake to allow Jews rules. to mingle with Aryans as social equals. I have never been forced to do this. And at high, school, I, at high school, I drew the line between Jews as well as Negroes through the course. There is no racial comparison between the two classes of undesirables. Jesus Christ. Famous unracist. <laughs> famously not racist Lovecraft. Are you aware you're not Aryan? No, actually, that's important. It's an important definition. What kind of Aryan is he referring to? He don't, probably is referring care. to the. He's not the right kind the of Aryan. Word, if you say it's the not, word, it's ever, not humanly it's a possible. Not, yeah, not unless I'm his not. fucking family, literally his entire familial fucking family, came off the boat in England. He is not fucking Aryan. I get all these comments on like part one like, of every Lovecraft play. They're like, you lost me when you said Lovecraft was racist. Blah, blah, blah. SJW, <laughs> I'm out and stuff. And I'm like, 
The game literally opens with the developers apologizing that it's a Lovecraft adaptation. Like, Sinking City opens with a disclaimer where, like, he does, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but these people, this these is people a Lovecraft are very accustomed. Game. <laughs> these people are very accustomed to ignoring certain parts of their perceived experience. Like, so even they all the ignore people. that part of the game. Like, even all the people well that, they, ma that are making the art that's adapting it these days are all, like, consciously aware of the problem nature. It's just these idiots in the audience yeah. that are like plugging their ears la 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 because it's convenient to them or something because it's just they get to be they get to feel smug while also not challenging themselves they're being anti-intellectual but feeling smart about it he opposed democracy and thought that america <laughs> should be governed by an aristocracy oh that's just the iron rand trite as the usual most likely Anyway, everybody, like hope you hated it. <laughs> Man, I... Good night, everybody. I guess I'll add them Bye. to the list of people I gotta go back and with, with my time machine and get rid of. We <laughs> canceled Lovecraft. Gonna go in the evil baby himself. orphanage. Like, <laughs> just by being alive. Holy crap, how do you... I mean, Lovecraft yeah. is thoroughly uncancelled. He's literally more successful as a corpse than he ever was as a live person. <laughs> That's fair, actually. He's only getting That's more popular. Point. Like, new shows and new games and new things are constantly being made from Lovecraft. His, his thing going into popular, uh, public domain really helped, I think. Because he oh, went very early before... It, his yeah. stuff is in public this, domain? Since the 60s, yeah. Oh, so his stuff doesn't get, get... So, like, no one's profiting off of it. That yep, shit. No. absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes so sense. Okay, but he, he died penniless. I mean, yes, yeah. he should. And racist. I bet all. Yep. I bet his cat has all the money. He was morally and financially bankrupt. But at that, then at that, at that, then at dancing on someone's grave.